What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 59. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside He Only Does Everything, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you as well, Colin. Have you been playing Titanfall 2? No. Sure haven't. Let me tell you, buddy. They got the Titans. They got the Fall. They're back in their own PlayStation 4. And they got a 2. And a space in between. I've been playing a lot of it. I enjoy it. But when it was just the single player, then that's all there was. I was disappointed. People had talked a good game about how this was supposed to be this amazing single player campaign. I, I think like it's it? it's not bad. It's just fine. It's just a, how long is it? I'm not I'm not done with it. I'm in. I'm still going through. How long it, have but, you been playing it? Uh, three nights, two nights. Okay, that's three? not an hour. Huh? Ten hours you played it? You said no, no. I no. I, I said I played single player and while it was offline, the multiplayer. Kevin said ten multiplayer. hours. That's why I thought maybe because Kevin. I have said no sh- idea why Kevin's saying ten hours. Why did you say ten hours, Big Kevin? Don't? Oh no, he played uh, he played Titanfall online, the original one, for ten hours. That is not true, ladies the, and gentlemen. You can go check the Xbox One stats. It was a month and a half of Titanfall. You Hardcore. Re- I regen. Colin, did you regen in Titanfall? I never played, no, you I didn't regen. It, no, you didn't regen in Titanfall. It's a big deal, Kevin, and it shows how much I played it, you piece of shit. Anyways, uh, I just think the single player is fine. You're making choices in it when you go through it, right? Because it's you know the, the, you you're, mm. you have a single player for the first time. Mm. You're this pilot. You 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 know get this new bond with your Titan or whatever. Mm. That's all well and good, and you have the traditional little j- jokes and jabs, right? Mm. Of you're talking to a robot and he's taking everything you say really literally, and ha 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 ha. Mm. It's fine. But then when multiplayer servers went online this weekend, and I finally got to play Friday night, that's when I was like, this is what I this is Titanfall. So, but I'm curious because you haven't answered the question. How many hours have you played of? the particular campaign so far. I'm just curious how big I the campaign is. I understand. Is. I don't... I, I would say I've probably played two hours of a single player. That's the first it? night? Yeah. Because I was you like... You said over three nights. In- you played two hours over No, three- I said two nights. I remember I went three and then I went two. And I'm talking about playing single player and playing multiplayer. I had a single player night and a multiplayer night. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I, was, I, I got Titanfall. I was excited. I installed it on the PlayStation 4. I jumped in thinking I was going to get to go play, you know, j- right into multiplayer, but the servers weren't online. So then I had to play the single player stuff. I'm playing the single player stuff and it's fine. Now, the, here's the weird thing about it though, Colin, is that theoretically, this is a game we should be all about. I should be all about because the trophies are super skewed to the single player uh, provocation of wanting to jump in there and play single, player. single player. What? Provocation. Provocation? Yeah. Huh. Uh, so they're in there. And there's a whole bunch of single player trophies, but I don't want to play the single player. I want to play the multiplayer. I played, and I think I got all the multiplayer trophies. There's I only think, three, I think. And we'll I got go them into the tro- We'll go into those later. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So, so that's disappointing. I, I, I want more Titanfall trophies because I want to keep on multiplayer because I want to keep playing multiplayer. I'm hoping that I'll get tired out of multiplayer. I want to come back and do the single player thing, and then maybe if I already have the multiplayer ones, which you'll I play, do, you won't play Titanfall two for more than another five hours. Are you just saying that because I'm going to play it during extra life? Kindoffunny.com slash Extra Life. You're only playing for an hour and a half during Extra Life, as far as I can tell. That's from our all. Schedule. That, you and you are underestimating. No, yeah, you're overestimating the learning curve you're going to have for Overcooked because you've been playing Baby Overcooked. You've been playing Baby Mode Overcooked. You're just making soups. You have no idea what it's like, like to do a fish the, fry. No, oh you, my God, you don't know no. what it's like to make a hamburger with a whole but bunch I'm of different toppings. But I'm good at games, so I, I, that's I can what I'm saying. Pick, I can pick things up. That's why it's weird. You, I'm a little nervous. You're the one with the ego usually, and here no, you are. What are you, what are you fucking? flipping the script on me about this i mean i thought we're putting aside the power lies for a second because you are the one who's all like crying about your wikipedia page and all these different things and your names in every show but what i'm saying is you made the first show we ever did and you called it a conversation with colin and i regret I it to this day that. i should have called it a conversation our first, our first show was about me and you made it about me 
I mean, I mean, some would say I made you. I mean, some would say that. I think most would say it, honestly. I don't think so. You were just some little guide shit kid over there, sitting over there with your cool kids. You're playing your 311 bebops and scats. And then you're like, maybe you should do this. And I said, sure. And then they brought you to my team. And then I kind of made your career. And I kind of took you everywhere in this I mean, I was, I've been in the gaming industry way longer than you. I know, but it's just funny because you weren't going anywhere in it. I mean, you I was just definitely one of these kids. going somewhere. Burning was, out. Where were you gonna, what were you going to do? Who were you going to be? Know. Who was I going to be? I don't know who I was going to be. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, I'm glad you're enjoying Titan You are. I, you're going to pick up over. You're going to take to overcook like a fish to water. You're going to get in there. You're going to help me on the first thing, bust out these trophies, and then it's off to the races. Do I want to jump into Titanfall with the kids early for extra life? Do I want to do the Tetris thing on the phone for, uh, during extra life? Do Wait, I we're doing Tetris play? on the phone. I thought we were going to play real Tetris. You're, well, it's my no. It's it's not us playing Tetris. It's me playing Tetris. It's what I want to play oh, during I'm my time. I'm going to come then. You're my co-host. You got to be there. You got to be there. You read the chat. For my argue about politics. My my. Let me play Tetris, and you can talk all the shit. How you are you going to do? How are you going to show that to the kids on the little dongle? off the phone oh i didn't know you can do that yeah. um yeah i mean for my segment i'll only be on for nine hours most of that's with you being your pilot. i guess as you play whatever the fuck you want to play i don't get to play any of my games but when when yeah when you when it says when the it, host section that's when you're then i'm gonna play call of duty yeah uh, which we haven't gotten yet but i assume we'll, i'm positive we'll get it by what is released on is it friday it's friday oh then yeah, so i mean if sure the worst comes worse i'll buy it but i'm sure yeah. we'll get it yeah um well i'm glad you like titanfall i have it you gave me a code that didn't work shocking you probably used it yourself now it's almost as if the industry doesn't care about colin moriarty when i say i need something for colin and they just don't deliver but manna from heaven for greg miller you're being very mean to me today no i'm not these are the good-natured jokes. You I mean, can't be mean to me all the time. Call, tell people I have a baby dick and then get all pissy. That's not a <laughs> pissy when I Sir, say it. Anatomy is no joke. Okay, we all know what you're working with. Neither is the fact of who would you be if not for me. I'd be probably the same. I'd be the same person. I'd still be trucking along doing my thing. Where would you be? First of all, Roper put me on podcast beyond, not you, begrudgingly. Sec. Sec- Second of all, and I help. I was the one who talked to Hillary. Remember when we wanted to have that meeting with Hillary about getting you over to editorial? Yeah, but I'm not I, talking about some fucking shitty podcasting crew. That's what you think your, your career is based on. <laughs> oh, over here, Jet Brody. All right, you've made your point. Okay, right, okay. you're so no. You know what? Don't come, come near here. me. Call it. It's it's November first. You know what they say? New year, new year, new you, new year, new you. November first. This is the year, Colin and Greg. <laughs> November. Um. You, you, look sure like you, just, you look like you just <laughs> ate mustard. <laughs> if I just ate mustard, I'd be throwing up all over the fucking place. God, mustard's terrible. Yeah. Now, uh, kindoffunny.com slash extra. Titanfall 2, uh, I, I, so I got the code. I'll, I'll maybe play it this week. And that's the thing. You're the single-player, first-person shooter aficionado. I'm interested them. to see what you think of the, the single-player story. Maybe it's just not for me. So, speaking of that, I played Battlefield 1. Mm. Um, I beat it on hard. Did all the ki- So I did the whole campaign on hard, got all of the codex entries and challenges, got all of the collectibles. I have every single player trophy in the game. Um, and uh, I must say that it's one of the great games of the year. Really? I think that... Uh, so on a mechanical level, I don't think Battlefield is necessarily as good as Call of Duty. We'll see how, how Call of Duty feels. They're, they feel a little bit different to me. Um, and we'll see how in, uh, Infinite Warfare feels when I play it. I'll have thoughts on it probably in the next episode. Historically, you've always said shooting never feels better than Call of Duty. No, it doesn't. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the marquee. That's the way it's supposed to feel to me. I know some people disagree. Oh, well. Fuck uh, so I, I really look forward to Call of Duty every year because I think mechanically, like you, if you're making a shooter, you should make your game feel like Call of Duty because um, it just feels right. It feels good. Battlefield 1 feels great. Um, I like the asymmetric nature of the warfare. That is Battlefield's kind of whole thing. So these, these big sprawling maps in, camp, in campaign, these big sprawling maps that often but not always give you decisions on how you do things, whether at the macro or micro level. So on one of the chapters, uh, Lawrence of Arabia has this whole chapter 
uh, to you, Lawrence. You uh, are given this huge desert map. You're playing as a female uh, soldier of some mm, sort. Mm. You can go to three different areas and do whatever you want. So that's that's a macro kind of like do what you want kind of thing. You have to kill these commanders and send their messages to on pigeons and shit like that's cool. But on a micro level, like there on the first uh, level or first campaign, you're playing uh, a tank uh, from a tank battalion that's kind of off on its own. And so you come across in one of the missions. Um, you come across like these little encampments of soldiers that you kind of have to nullify quietly if you want to get going without your tank being seen. Sure. Um, and so that's a micro level of doing things the way you want to. You, you encounter those encampments in order, but you can kind of go about destroying them at the, uh, however you want. And I really do like the, the codex entries and the, and the challenges in the game. Each mission has between two and four or five challenges associated with them. And some of the challenges you get automatically, like finding all the field manuals, you get a challenge. Beating the mission, you get a challenge. Uh, you, you complete the challenge. But then there are ones like complete this without being seen. Um, complete this without using melee kills or complete it without using a gun and stuff like that. And I did all of those. And I think that that was really fun. The game on hard, which is the hardest difficulty, not difficult um, at all. I was actually shocked how easy it really? is. Call of Duty is fucking really hard yeah. on veteran. Um some of them, I mean, I, I've, I've often said before, it's a tired story, but World at War was so hard that I was like, I can't do this. Now, I could have sat there and really gone through it, and I've watched people do it by just running, running. and getting to the checkpoint. Run to the next like, checkpoint. Because Don't they have, monster, they have infinite monster closets in World at War, which is Stupid. not... I, I hate that shit. Yeah. Um, it seems like Battlefield might have that stuff sometimes, but not not usually. Um, well, that's always the problem, right, with any game, trying to force the player to move and do stuff. How do you right. do that in a realistic way? So Battlefield 1 deals with World War One, which I think is cool. We've talked about this. It, the vignettes show you different stories. The stories sometimes, not always, but sometimes end in fucking complete disaster, which is kind of cool. It gives you little glimpses into Argonne or into the Sinai Peninsula and all these places where the, where the war took place that you might not think about um, with people that you might not think about. And I like that um, the stories are not very long. The campaign's not very long. People were asking me how long it took. It took me probably, it took me well over 10 hours to beat the campaign, but I was You're playing it on hard and I was like using a guide to find all the collectibles and like getting, going back and get the challenges. I mean, all told, probably closer to 20 hours because I was, I played some of these missions three or four times. There's one specific challenge in the game on a, on a Zeppelin that is fucking really hard and people are infuriated by it. And I want to give a shout is out. Is a trophy led Zeppelin? That I wish it was, but no. I want to give a shout out to our friend Brian at PS4 Trophies. What up? Um, he listens to this show. He does a great job. You can find his channel YouTube.com slash PS4 Trophies. He's also on Twitch. He, he's, he, um, I use his guys all the time. Great he stuff. is phenomenal. Yeah. Really, really phenomenal. And I want to give him a lot of credit because his his videos about uh, the particular challenges and some of the trophies that you had to get were invaluable to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I like his voice. Oh, yeah. Like, I just feel like it works. He's good at commentating over the... He's, it's not as... It's as long as it needs to be. He says as much as needs to be said, and he gets you from point A to point B. He does a great job of it, I feel, in the same way we do, where we talk to the best friends, right? You feel like you know Brian just by watching those videos. He gets them up super timely. He's and He has another job, too, if uh, memory serves, like a real job. This is just something he does. But like Uncharted, he had everything up for Uncharted on launch day, and that's how I got my platform him so quick just watching his right. and figuring out where i had to go for certain things so props to him and so so just real quick to wrap it up with battlefield jumped online so a lot of the trophies as we went over last week or two weeks ago are online trophies yeah and i was like first get i get to level two we were both like that it, seems like it could be easy really hard was, it's not hard it's time consuming the uh so i tweeted out last night like i really enjoyed battlefield one i got all the you know got all the campaign trophies thinking about maybe going to get the plat probably not and battlefield tweeted at me and said like you, sh- you know basically you should yeah um, with a meme is it doable or is it just it's doable forever? it's just gonna take time it's not hard it's just like it 
I'm not, you know, kill to death ratio and stuff like that. Not really important in Battlefield. It's more about how, how you're earning points and kind of gaming the system that way. And I don't really want to play a game like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I like running around being strategic, shooting, playing it to play it. So I'm going to jump back in. I played Battlefield Online for probably three hours last night. Um, and I enjoy it. But I also don't want to play it to rack up the trophies. I want to play it organically, kind of the way I did with The Last of Us, um, where I just liked the online so much that I just played it and I ended up getting the trophies. Sure. So, um, I forget you never so, went back for the platinum, though, did you? No, I yeah, got yeah. the hardest trophies out of yeah, the way, and I never went back. You never went to play the uh, grounded or whatever. No, so I don't know, maybe one day. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I props to Battlefield One. It is in the, um, it is certainly one of the best games of the year, and I think that. So what you're thinking, Uncharted, Battlefield, I- Inside, Inside, Doom, mm. um, and, Overcooked, and maybe Overcooked. So so there's that, and then I also played that game Virginia, and I platinumed it. Yeah. Um, and I platinum job simulator too, which I think we maybe we talked about, about that last time. Week. So Virginia was the next platinum I got. Um, really great game, mysterious game, confusing game. I like it a lot. Uh, the last chapter, you didn't like? I, I liked it, but I didn't really understand. I don't really understand what the game was about ultimately. Like that—that that was mm. the thing, like where I'm like, I thought I understood it, but then it becomes like supernatural. For me, I lost like the real. That might be a spoiler. Plot, plot. No, I. Well, I mean. Actually, no, it's not because it's I think the, the official description of the game says that supernatural. That's what, yeah. So it's it, yeah. I, mean, I guess we shouldn't. I, the, the actual like, what would be the narrative of the movie in terms of like the case or anything like that? That I had totally forgotten about in my two play sessions. But it, when I came back, they were focusing on the thing that I thought was important anyway. And we went that way. Now, Colin, mm-hmm. you moved into Virginia. Screwed up the transition. I was going to. Oh, you have old Battlefield question. I was going to do it later. Yeah, I will do it later though. It's no big deal. Okay, it'll fall. Sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. No, it's fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, what's interesting about Virginia though is you beat it and then jumped in for the platinum. When I beat it, loved it. I went and looked for a first off a podcast listen to so somebody could talk to me about what the fuck I just saw. And then secondly, I was like, maybe I'll go for the platinum because again, it's a short game and jump into it. I jumped in, looked on YouTube, saw the video and saw it was an hour half long to go through and get the trophy. And I was like, you know, I just don't feel like doing this because I felt like it would be too herky jerky to start, stop, start, stop. You know, it wasn't. No, you don't have to. This is what we talked about at Colin and Greg is I just the, the game is so tranquil and cerebral and you're not doing anything in the game most of the time really it's a walking simulator and i don't mean that in a pejorative way and the collectibles are so few and far between if you're trying to get trophies like there's a few trophies you have to get for looking at things and stuff but the game the, the video that you're talking about because it's a video i used i think is really well done it, was it brian's uh, i don't think so okay i don't um, remember i don't remember who oh, no no i don't think it was some, some guy just did it and then he played on xbox one and then just white text pops up on the screen when you're getting ready to find something or do something gotcha so i just caught that in the corner of my eye and so basically what i did was i just played that video i played the game organically the first time through sure and i played it and i really liked it a lot but then the second time i was just like i'm I, right after that i'm like i'll just do it and because uh, she was taking a nap and i'm like i have nothing to do and um so i just put the video on like 15 seconds at a time there were like two or three points where i had to pause it because i was a little confused or i thought i missed something but it took me because the, the video buttresses with the beginning credits and the end credits, so it's really only about an hour, 15 minutes or so mm, of game. Mm, mm. You can run right I, through it. And then playing it organically, I wasn't paying attention in terms of like what was advancing. Are there rooms that are timed, or is it totally like I get to one point and that's what flips the No, thing? it's not timed. None of the things you need. There are trophies that are things that are timed. For instance, in the beginning of the game, when you're driving in the car, if you look to your right and see the sign that says Virginia, you get a trophy. 
So you can get it that way. Um, and there are trophies like that you can get for like there's one part where you're sipping coffee, you sip it twice, you get a trophy. Gotcha. So that you can use chapter select to get all those trophies. But in terms of collectibles, there are feathers and there are pins and shit like that. Like you have to play the game from beginning to end. It's it's actually right, like, heavy, it's like do, heavy rain. What Remember? you do here influences what you see at the end. Exactly. Like it, that, right? it reminds me of the heavy rain platinum, not nearly as fucking complicated. Sure. Where there was like an order of operations and you can't go back and then go forward again. It just erases your shit. So you have to play the game all the way through. Plus, you have to beat the game twice fully to get a, a gold trophy anyway. So um, not for everyone. That, but it's an easy platinum if you want to get into it. It, it yeah. should take literally all told four hours. You can do it in, in an evening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I liked it a lot though. If you didn't know, this is PSI Love You XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. So go there, subscribe to the two YouTube channels, back the other podcasts, be a friend. Why not? Go to the Patreon pages. Ain't gonna hurt you. It also is the number one. PlayStation podcast on the internet. How do you know it's an important PlayStation podcast? Because ladies and gentlemen, this is your official announcement that PSI Love You XOXO is coming to PlayStation Experience 2016. We have a live PSI Love You XOXO, the second annual live PSI Love You XOXO. Uh, Sunday, 12-4, that's the fourth, that's the Sunday of PSX in case you didn't know, in Anaheim at noon. Uh, location, I assume, will be where the panels are. Uh, there is a blog post up right now over on the PlayStation blog about this. I wrote it. Not much more information than this, but you can go and leave a nice comment and then Sid and Ryan will see it and be like, oh, these guys are cool. Justin will see it. He'll still hate us. There's no way to make that. We burned a bridge a long time ago with him. I don't ever know what I did to him. I'd love to know. I don't know either. All I did was went to Red Robin with him one time. And he was like, was fuck it. this guy and all of his friends. I like that that's their thing down there is they go to Red Robin. Well, where else are you going to go? I don't know. I mean, they got a BJ's right there. That's true. You go to that BJ's is what I'm saying. PSX, PS I love you, XO, You're XO, welcome. will be there. We will You're do welcome. the live show. Will there be an autographs and meet and greets or something like that? Who the hell knows? We'll let you know as those plans develop. But for sure, we are doing a panel noon Sunday. More imminently, Extra Life, kindoffunny.com slash Extra Life. We are playing video games for 24 hours this Saturday. What's the date? 24 hours on November 5th. November 5th. Oh, I'm almost a, a month from the panel. Uh, November 5th from 10 a.m. until the next day at 9 a.m. That's 24 hours because of daylight savings time in the middle of it. We will be streaming on kind, oh, no, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. If you can come watch, great. If you can come play and start your own thing to raise money for the Ch- Children's Miracle Network, great. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash extra life. You can sign up there. If you don't want to sign up, you can donate there. And, of course, you can just watch on Twitch. I uh, I will say that you know I was nervous when I found out we were doing the panel on Sunday because Sundays are sacred mm-hmm. for me, right? The football, the football. So first of all, we're flying in that morning. We're going to leave after the panel, so that's perfect, right? Yeah. So I can still catch Sunday night football. But I was nervous because I was like, "What about the Jets?" God has smiled upon me for the Jets play the Colts Sunday or Monday night football the next day, oh. and I will therefore not be missing a Jets game because that would have been unacceptable because I literally would have had my phone on a little perch during the panel because sure. I've never missed a Jets game in many sure. years. You know, so it's it's uh, it was precarious, but God, it's amazing how how these things work out. It's like when I used to schedule my entire Tokyo trip when I was at IGN, specifically around the jet schedule. It's similar to that. Yeah. So maybe God will shine on us at PSX, and we'll get to change PSN names. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm not counting on it. Geo Course is going to come out and announce four new PlayStation. We did have it on pretty good authority that they're looking into it. Yeah, like, we've like well, actively we had that. I think authority for before too. Yeah, no, but we we remember. The, the, I remember not the, too long yeah, ago we yeah, got yeah, something in, from off. from a source. Yeah, and, and somebody and sent was, us some screen caps of a PowerPoint presentation, and it was like, huh? <laughs> they're definitely looking into it. They're definitely actively looking into it. Fix it, fucking fix it. 
Colin? Yes. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive news. There are nine items on the list. A baker's dozen. Number one, Sony has revealed November's free games for PlayStation Plus subscribers, and they should be available by the time you hear this podcast. A little burp. Uh, oh, it tastes like a burrito. Had a burrito for lunch. Yeah, where'd you go again? Los Matates. So I've been to this place. Where is this place it? Is awesome. It's on the border of Colma and Daly City, right across from the Colma BART station. Okay. Uh, it's right by that Planet Fitness. Yeah. It's kind of near like where... How close uh, is that Jack in the Box, are we? Uh, somewhat close. It's like by the In-N-Out Burger and okay. all of this. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah, closer to the In-N-Out Burger. All right, number one. Sony's revealed November's free PlayStation Plus subscribe uh, games for God Almighty. Sony has revealed November's free games for PlayStation Plus subscribers, and they should be available by the time you hear this podcast. PS4 players will get Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, Ooh. The Deadly Tower of Monsters, Letter Quest Remastered, and Pumped hey. BMX Plus. Letter Quest free. Remastered, hail ye. PlayStation 3 gamers will get Dirt 3, Costume Quest 2, and Pumped BMX Plus for free. And Vita players will get Letter Quest Remastered and Pumped BMX Plus for free. That's a heartbreak. You're getting Costume Quest 2 the day after Halloween. Yeah, it's a little weirder. <laughs> and only for PS3. Good point, too. Yeah. That's not a cross anything game. Because, no. like, for instance, it says, like, well, you're getting um, Pumped BMX for Vita, but actually it's for everything. Cross by. Yeah. So there's that. So go check those out. Make sure to download them. Mark them as downloaded, even if you don't own one of these consoles. Yeah, then you'll you might have them. One day Except you'll get them. You don't need any of that shit. I put my PS3 away. You can do it, too. But you could download them all and then put, take your PS3 and you put all the games there and you give them to some dumb kid. Ah, dumb kids. Number two. You want them dumb kids. Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 remix is coming to PlayStation 4 and will launch on May. On, I'm sorry, on March 28th, March 28th of 2017. The collection includes a lot of games. They are Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts Re, 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 Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and Kingdom Hearts Recoded, all on the same disc, presumably. So, you know, more Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I know a lot of you nerds Go get him, out there Tim. excited about it. Number three, MLB 17 The Show has been officially announced. It is under development at Sony San Diego, obviously, and will launch on March 28th, 2017. March 28th, 2017, which Who's is on the, cover? the same day as Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is the cover athlete, which I think is really cool. They've watched enough of this NBA 2K business to be like, ah, here's how we get people back into sports they might have lapsed on. Sony is pimping for version uh, is pimping four versions of the game and actually I actually say four but FOR that doesn't make any sense. Pimping four versions of the game a standard version the MVP edition the Hall of Fame edition and the digital deluxe edition details of which can be found on the PlayStation blog. There's no word on a PS3 version. The Vita iteration of the series is no more as of last season so they basically phased out last year the Vita version it seems like they might be phasing out the PS3 version this year. Good. Send it off in the sunset. This is way sooner than they phased out the PS2 version. Sure. Um, PS2 version, I think, was made through 2011, which is incredible. Do you think that's because PlayStation 4 is selling so well? PlayStation Probably. 2 had sold so well that Probably. it made sense to keep doing for it. PS3 has done fine, but PlayStation 4 is obviously a rock star. There's probably, I mean, it also could be that they just are not talking about it. Um, but because uh, they didn't talk about the PS2 version ever. I was shocked even in 2009 when they were doing a PS2 version. Yeah. But I remember them saying, I remember when Christian, we were talking to Christian over there a while ago and he was, he said something to the effect of like the last year they did PS2, it sold to like 200,000 copies. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot of copies of a game, but for a console that is 11 or 12 years old, that's a ton of money. So I think they just do it until it doesn't make sense anymore. Clearly the Vita iteration didn't make sense anymore, which is too bad, mostly because they didn't do it right, I don't think. And, um, but also because it's a Vita. Yeah. Also because you're all dorks with your visual novels and mama Kuma teddy bears. That's right. We'll get more into that later. <laughs> Number four. 
If you're expecting to see the new God of War game at PSX in December, temper your expectations. Corey Barlog, the game's director, tweeted that the game will not be shown at PSX. He did follow up with another tweet noting, quote, I promise we will be showing something really awesome when it's ready, end quote. So no God of War. Or are they lying? Uh, is it the David Jaffe model? It could be. What my fear is, is that this indicates God of War is way further out than we thought. I, I thought God of War was safe for Q4 2017 or Q1 2018. Mm. Um, but I don't know anymore. I still think that's I still think both those dates are possible. I would still think it's going to be fall and maybe, but it's just it's the or spring. It, the fact being of just like. I think this is just more to the thing of let's not show so much this fucking game. You know what I mean? I always think about uh, Sucker Punch, right? When they were like with Second Son, they were just like, this is what it is because they got, they felt, I'm talking to those guys, they always felt like they did it wrong with Infamous 2 where they showed too much. They had a new demo every time and then finally for this one, they were just like, here's what it is. That's what it's going to be. We'll talk about it, you know, when it's out. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm still most excited about Days Gone, I think, out of that, Days that group of, uh, God of War looks great. Yeah. Um, Detroit looks great. Days Gone looks great. So there's a lot of good stuff. I know, can't wait for Detroit on the horizon. But I was gonna say after the horizon. You see how that's done? Yeah, Do I you see like that. There, yeah. Number five, Titanfall Two is officially out as we were talking about, and it doesn't appear it will sell very well. Oh. Projections from analysts Cohen and company cut sales expectations for the game significantly from 9 million sold initially to between 5 and 6 million sold. The company noted that it was it was the proximity to Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty Infinite Warfare that will ultimately doom the game to far lower than expected sales. PlayStation Lifestyle spoke to the game's producer Drew McCoy about the peculiar launch timing to which he said and he talked about this before the Cohen and company shit came out. He said quote I actually don't know where the decision came from. I just know it was locked in a long time ago and there was no changing it. I'm not really worried about it. We try not to worry, really. And then an ellipsis. When you care about what other games are doing when they're releasing, you worry. At the end of the day, we're releasing a game that we're happy with and we enjoy playing that we're proud of. As long as we're doing that, I think we're going to find an audience. It doesn't really matter when it comes out. A good game gets noticed, end quote. I can't disagree with you more, Mr. McCoy. Um, but you have something to read here, it looks like. My K Cole writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can to get your question read, and says, Greg, Colin, ye old England calling from a place called Leyland. Yes, it's real. After the release of Titanfall 2, it seems this game has been given good reviews. However, after the news that its sales are, as expected to be, substantially disappointing, I have to ask myself what the hell EA was doing with this franchise. They screwed them over with Titanfall 1 by not releasing it on all platforms. But after learning from this with Titanfall 2, EA sent it out to die between Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty and the same day as Skyrim Remastered. So my question is this. How much of a role does a publisher play in the success of a game? I can't help thinking EA has mistreated this franchise like it's some kind of ugly duckling. P.S. I love you guys. Thanks, Michael. Oi. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, um, my theory is, and I think it's a lot of people's theory, that they wanted to throw as much as possible against Call of Duty and hurt Activision as much as possible. But I think it's Pyrrhic at best because um, Call of Duty is going to outsell both of those games. And... Um, but combined, maybe they ship oh, away. Oh, no, combined. Yeah, I don't think that about Call of Duty. I don't will, mean copy wise. I just mean mind share money wise. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Call of Duty will sell equivalent. will sell more than those games. Battlefield, the EA offerings combined should sell more than Call of Duty by itself. Yeah. Call of Duty is kind of plateauing. And we'll see this year if it actually falls off or not. I don't think it's going to, but we'll, we'll, we'll see because it looks new and interesting. People just fucking love Call of Duty. There's millions and millions and millions of people out there that love it. Um, the sad thing about the Cohen uh, research was that they found that the games that Battlefield 1 will make 
um, because Battlefield One is selling very well and has a lot of great buzz and is doing very well, will be erosed, er- eroded and erased uh, by Titanfall 2's uh, subpar mm, offering and, mm. and sales. Five to six million copies is probably more than Uncharted Four is going to sell. So that's not a joke, but of course it's across three platforms. People were looking at this and being like, five to six million copies is awesome. That's not a failure. And I'm like, well, you're wrong. The, the the player base of the original Titanfall was apparently 11 million, and that was only across PC and Xbox One and Xbox 360, right? So um, to me, like shoving that on the PS4 now, which is a way more popular platform, yep. um, and then slicing your user base in half is bad. I, I would it's say ter- that it, no, it's if ter- this is true, that's the end of Titanfall. It's terrible, and I think this is the end of Titanfall, which sucks because I do like that game. It is the first-person shooter multiplayer suite I like. But I think that's the point you're talking about is the fact that think about Rise of the Tomb Raider even, but other games in, inside to an extent, but in Limbo. Games that are held off of the PlayStation franchise or uh, console, right? That uh, You're talking about Mass Effect even, right? When you're missing a great game and you're able to get the audience hungry for it, it should be out-of-the-box, runaway success. You should see those numbers. You should see people excited. You should see everything you're seeing right now. Titanfall is critical, critical success, but then kids are talking about how like there's like 2,800 people online right now. What the fuck's going on? Where is everybody? How is... They're playing Battlefield. Th- exactly. And now how they, is then this they're going to play Call of Duty. <laughs> exactly, and that's why you're getting into this thing of like, what was EA thinking? Yeah, the date got picked a long time ago, but like you have to... If you want this to actually have legs, if you don't want to send it out to die, you don't want... Because this is probably going to kill the Titanfall brand franchise, Right, they'll want to put respawn on something else. Not to mention respawn already working on other things, and they're going to want to make money and continue to be. Yeah, more they're, they're working on Star Wars now. You know, at least part of the team is. They, they, I don't know. I've never been to respawn. I don't really know people there, so I don't know the ins and outs of the way their studio works. It looks like there's two teams, the, or at least like they're. It's like Naughty Dog where they kind of sure, wax and wane shift uh, over. Um, Drew McCoy is the game's producer. As I read his quote, I just I, I significantly disagree with him with you all due respect you, because he says as long as we're doing that, I think we're going to find an audience. It doesn't really matter when a game's com- a game comes out. A good game gets noticed. It's simply not true. So, um, we, but I mean, also you figure that he's got to put on the brave face. He's sure. got to put on the PR front facing answer. He can't be like, "Yep, totally, we got fucked on this. This yeah, sucks." Yeah, I mean, it's tr- like I understand. You're right, and I understand where, and I'm sure he n- probably knows that. I'm not saying a good game is not good because of when it comes out. I'm saying like when you use Dying Light as an example, mm. um, Dying Light was a great game. Dying Light sold many times more copies than it ever would have because of when it came out. If Dying Light came out in October or November of that year, it would have gotten fucking clobbered. Yeah. I mean, that's and like, but it didn't, it wouldn't have changed the nature of the game. The game still would have been just as good, but less or fewer people would have noticed. And so I think that you do, you simply don't get noticed when a game's good. You have to have timing. And putting Battlefield 1, which I, I think, I I don't know how other people feel about it, but I thought it was pretty obvious that that game was going to be fucking awesome, especially because of the failure of Battlefield 4, right? Like, the, the which was the last one, right? Battlefield 4. And then there was Hardline in there, but the, the, the core dice Swedish sure. studio game, um, they had to put up, and they did. The game runs great. It looks great. It's fucking awesome. I really love it. Um, so you knew it was going to be good. And Call of Duty is always great. I mean, I don't care what anyone says about it. It's always great. So, and it has its hardcore audience and a hardcore following. We'll see what happens to them this year because Battlefield 1, I think, is going to be a major distraction to them. Um, Titanfall 2, in the middle of them, is a shit sandwich for Titanfall, yeah. right? Like, it's easy to say, you know, push the, the game. And I think that that would have been good. And I'm sure that there are financial ramifications for all involved to do that. But I think on the back end, you make more money. If Titanfall just had come out in January or February, it would have been great. It, like people would have been not even I mean, long to, over Battlefield and and Call of Duty would have been waiting. Think about this too. summer. We had a summer where we were talking about a drought for the first time in a while where people were like, yeah, there's nothing really that's fitting my fancy. We're all jumping around. We we're playing in these things. If you could have put 
uh, Titanfall out in that where Metal Gear Solid was in the September 1st kind of area, you put that out and you don't have a competition on either side in terms of like this is a big budget first person shooter. This would have been perfect to whet the appetite of get people, yep. get them hooked in, do all these different things. I agree. So I, I think that it is unfortunate for, for EA. It isn't. But I understand they want to throw everything at Activision, everything at Call of Duty. I just don't know that it's necessary. It seems like Call of Duty is not necessarily imploding because I don't think that's true. But Call of Duty is plateauing all on its own. So, you know, and I think Activision is going to run that franchise into the ground. Ultimately, I really believe that. I don't think it's anywhere near happening, but I think it's going to happen mm. with three studios working fucking all the time on the same thing. I'd be so bored if I was one of those studios. But but the but still, those games are great. People demand them. I just um, I feel bad for them, too. I just don't un I don't understand it. I think EA made a massive strategic error with this game, and uh, I think everyone knows that. Now, whether they had to get it out this year because of financials, which is possible, whether they just didn't have the luxury for the tax reasons of pushing everything to next year, there's all sorts of things we don't understand about why, why this happens. They're not fucking stupid. You know? Yeah. I'm sure someone there was like, this is a mistake. And they're like, but... If we because of X, we have to do. Yeah, this. Like, and I do think the Call of Duty argument makes sense. Put out put out their two shooters that are going to have an audience of some kind before Call of Duty and try to take that away in a year where Call of Duty's reveal trailer goes up and people flip out and say this is, looks terrible and I hate it and it gets downvoted to hell. It, that's true, but it's still to me. It's a silly thing simply because the the, the, the marketing rationale seemed to have been uh, Battlefield comes out. You don't really need to do anything with that. That game's gonna be great. But with Titanfall, you're basically going, "Hey, over here, over here, over here!" Like hoping that someone doesn't look in the other direction. Yeah. And I'm just like, you, you already have Battlefield to do that. Like let Battlefield, because that was the thing. Like I said with Cohen, is that they were saying Battlefield's gains. Battlefield's doing better than they thought, and Titanfall will erase it. So in terms of their financials. Sure. So my theory is that it's not only the EA versus Activision argument. There must be some reason that they could not get. They probably couldn't get the game out early because it wasn't ready. The game didn't go gold until a few weeks before it came out. But on the other end of that, there must be a reason why they were like February is just simply not an option because we have these fucking massive write-offs or something. So we end some, up losing money. If do you we, think at some point it is a marketing argument of the fact that, all right, well, for the first time, and not forever, but in a while, Battlefield 1 and Infinite Warfare look drastically different. Far-flung future, sure do. a historical thing. So do we take that and we're saying, all right, if you want your EA shooter that is set in the future and has crazy ass weapons, you, we have Titanfall two and it's crazy sure. max and all There's other chests. certainly something to be said about that as well. I, I don't know. I just think I, we said it months ago. I mean, it was, but it was such an obvious, it was so obvious yeah, that, that was this was going to happen. I, I, I do feel bad because by all, by all accounts, Titanfall two is great. Yeah. Um, but will a good game get noticed regardless? Well, we're about to find out. You pointed out figures on Colin and Greg Live that was fucking dire. Yeah, Shinobi so, had some stuff up from the UK charts that looked really, really bad. Like half the uh, Xbox One's sales were like half that of what Titanfall 1 was for like the same time period. Right, well, you were showing stats across PS4, Xbox One, and PC that were half of just PC and Xbox One, right? Two, uh, I think uh, it was... Original? I know for a fact Xbox One to Xbox One. I don't know oh, okay. if combined, if that's what it was. Not good, and especially with a much larger user base. We have to remember Titanfall came out months after Xbox one launched. Yeah. So that was the first, and that was, that was the one everybody was pushing for <clears throat> that. That was the one that for me was the, ju what justified me buying an Xbox one on day one. I knew that game was coming. I knew I was going to love it from preview. That's what I played and it did when it came out and I had a great time with it. Now, sir underscore squishy writes into kind of funny.com slash PSQ, just like you can. It says, Hey, Greg and Colin, first time, long time. I'll get right to the question. Is EA poised to take over the first person genre with Battlefield getting great reviews and Titanfall seemingly on the same track? Did they just scoop COD? It seems like Titanfall and COD are bordering on the same game, except for giant mechs. And with Battlefield going after the gritty grounded shooter, it seems like EA is attempting to flank Activision. I'm starting to think that there was something to the seemingly odd strategy of releasing both games in the same proximity. Am I crazy? Are people actually getting sick of COD? 
and ready to jump to Titanfall. Hope to hear your thoughts. I don't think they're going to jump to Titanfall. I just don't, I don't, like we said, there's some sense to be made there with the sci-fi futuristic setting of both games, but I don't necessarily think, see, because we've had futuristic Call of Duties before. It didn't, and we've had historical Call of Duties ranging from the 1940s all the way to the 2020s, 2030s. So, I just feel like in those, the comparison to Battlefield was usually the same, right? Even with like, Oh, fuck, I'm going to fuck it up. Uh, Ghosts, Call of Duty, and then the other one, Vance Warfare. <laughs> Those were futuristic and exoskeletons and shit, but they were still futuristic tech yeah, thing. Battlefield grounded. 4 wasn't like, all right, f- fuck, we're, you know, augmented soldiers or whatever that I think, <clears throat> but you know what I mean? No, that's true. I, I, I suspect that, um, you know, he could be right. I don't think Call... We'll find out. Yeah, real soon. Um, Call of Duty's teetering now like, and, I, and i think that they're going to they're not going to because they're activision and i don't mean that in any offensive way they just do things differently than say ubisoft which is like we are seeing the signs that you don't want assassin's creed anymore so we're sure. going to go away now um they're just not going to do that with call to do they've had they have literally three studios structured just to make this game and what i what i um and they all rotate every three years so that that must be in the plan i mean we know people at these studios like you know um they work hard and and uh, they're good people I would be interested to see one of these studios make a shooter that's not Call of Duty. And I would also be, you know, because the, there, nothing really ties these games together except for their multiplayer suite. It's, and thematically, uh, there's nothing really tying them together. When you look at Advanced Warfare, you look at Infinite Warfare, like these games have deep systems in them that old Call of Duty games didn't. So the games are evolving. And I, oh, think, yeah. that, I think that the Call of Duty game name to an extent obviously gets it marketing hype with the mainstream and obviously gets Call of Duty fans, but I also think it does it a disservice in terms of the advances that the games are making on, a, on an individual level. Um, but at the same time, like we'll find out with the stats. Like, if the game plateaus, I think Activision is going to be totally fine uh, and happy with that. If 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 the game if it even goes down ten percent, I think they'll probably be happy because there's more competition. If if in a year that if in a year with Battlefield, because Dice will not have another Battlefield game for a long time. Battlefront Two is going to come out next year. Yeah, there'll probably be an interstitial hardline like Battlefield game at some point next year or the year after. Another studio. So it's just on, yeah. not like that. So Battlefield uh, One stands alone for a while there'll be a new call of duty game next year i guess who goes next uh yeah what this this is iw right so So Treyarch. yeah um so you know their game will be ready next year and so the the ecosystem gets complicated so what i'm saying is this is probably the most competitive ecosystem that call of duty is gonna have to go into is Is it sledgehammer sledgehammer i think would be next year yeah yeah. Yeah, i guess you're right so um this is this is an unusual Eco, unfortunate for Activision ecosystem because they have to go against Titanfall and they have to go against a mainline Battlefield game, but that's not going to happen next year. Yeah. So if they can lose 10% and they gain that back next year, they're probably like fine. And pro- in fact, they're probably factoring that in, but I say Call of Duty is just fine. Yeah. Um, What's alarming to me is the fact that Battlefield 1 comes out Every leading up to it, we're talking about how beautiful it was, you know, tanks, horses, that's all great. But it's these vignettes that are working, right? People are talking, but you're talking about them a lot, how much you love them. It's what's getting me excited to play it. I think I'm going to start it tonight when I get home. Uh, but then the downside is, and I don't know, I'm hoping it'll be a similar thing when once the game's out, that's what we talk about. But what gets me excited for Call of Duty, right, is the fact that it's Taylor, you know, formerly from Naughty Dog, and they come in and they've been talking, and I, and I did a panel about their motion capture and all these different things. Like, I'm excited for that story just based on the pedigree, but the fact that we're not making a big deal about it leading up to launch makes me question if it's going to be as big a deal I want it to be if it's because yeah. like, that's what I'd love to see right is the fact that it is IW and Treyarch and Sledge and every and even though it is all Call of Duty there is a distinctive 
feel to each one. And if IW was going to go the way of like, all right, cool, we are the first person Naughty Dog. We're going to tell you this amazing story and it's going to look great and have all the shooting you want, but you're going to get this really awesome cast of characters and story you want out of it. And then, yes, Sledgehammer's whatever they want to define it to be and Treyarch's whatever they want to define it to be and see if that work and expand the definition that way. But what you're saying if it comes out and 10% sales drops, I feel like Activision, who, again, not that we're saying anything's bad about them, I feel is like one of the most bean countery organ, you know, publishers out there oh, in I'd terms of like, oh, we, we're reading these t- tea leaves and we're not going to do that. I think that would make them snap back and be like, all right, none of you go in your different directions. Everybody get closer and make this kind of Call of Duty. Yeah. I hope that they're smart enough, and I think they are. Uh, Bobby and company are, are smart enough to look, to look at things and be like, it's not, you have to look at the competition too. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate that infinite warfare is coming out in this environment because I think this is, this seems to be on a systems level and on a storytelling level way higher than anything they've ever done. I was reading the trophies, which we'll look at in a minute. There's a lot of shit in this game. It's not, it's not like, see, it started with advanced warfare to a degree. And even before that with like upgrades, uh, you know, all the shit you can collect and all this stuff. You always found intel and stuff, but the game yeah, was pretty yeah. static. I mean, you weren't really doing anything. You're not changing the right. way it's played. Exactly. But these games are now starting to get really deep out of necessity. And I'm, and I'm happy that that's happening. Would you say they have RPG mechanics? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, from what I can understand, yes. Remember RPG, that was yeah. a big thing. It was RPG R- elements, RPG elements, fucking 2000. Every fucking game. Had By it. the way, I do think it is Treyarch. That's next. Was I mean, it, I, wasn't sled. Didn't sledge's game come out last year. Didn't we have them on GDC show? We had no, no. We just had them on to talk about it. Oh, okay. they, yeah. Uh, Conjury and Glenn just came by for it. Check it out. Yeah, because wasn't it? It was advanced. So stick with me. We're coming into Infinite Warfare. Before that, last year was the Kevin Spacey game, right? Two years ago was Kevin Spacey. Okay. What was last year's Call of Duty? Because Ghosts was the launch of the PlayStation 4. Advanced no, you're right. Warfare. So Sledge is next. Sledge is next. Okay. Their game was uh, Advanced Warfare. So, so 14, 15, 16, 17. Sledge will be, right? So is that what I said? Or you said Treyarch. I said Sledge. I don't know. No, you said Treyarch. I said Sledge. Oh, right. Okay. So and you're right. So the, Sledge is next. Okay. Treyarch's game. Uh, Treyarch did. Treyarch did. Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3. So they're in 2018. Um, okay, so now everything's right. So you're right. Um, okay, so anyway, that's what I love impressions. I'm sure of Call of Duty next week, uh, but I'm excited to play it. And kind of funny dot com slash extra life this weekend. You can come watch live. Number six, PlayStation VR sales are exceeding expectations. According to GameStop, the company released a press release stating that, quote, PSVR is off to a great start at GameStop, having already exceeded our early expectations due to the popularity of the system with our customers. We have received additional units for the holiday, end quote. Oh! So it looks like you don't have, if you don't have one yet, and you may be interested, you might be in luck. So and that whole thing was out. overblown anyway. They were on Target shelves and Walmart shelves. I saw them all over the place. Number seven, David Cage, the leader of French studio Quantic Dream, the developer behind Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and the upcoming Detroit Become Human, spoke with Games Industry International, as relayed by GameSpot, about VR. He said this, quote, We have all VR systems installed in the studio, and I encourage my team to try them out. We've downloaded every game on every system to try and understand where people are right now, what works and what doesn't work, and what we could bring to this medium. The idea is not to do VR for the sake of doing VR. It's about saying something on this medium that hasn't been said already, end quote. Um, I put put this in here simply because I think David Cage is one of the people that could actually really maximize the effect of VR. 100%. And I'll be super interested, and I would not be surprised at all, at all, if their next game after Detroit was a PSVR game. Mm. Um, or at least PSVR compatible. Sure. Sony seems super in bed with them. I think it's a good relationship. It seems like... I'm sorry. It's not even so much, I think, being in bed with them as much as the fact that what you're saying is I think Quantic Dream is the studio where those kind of... 
they they would take those chances and think outside that box and want if you're working at Quantic Dream I feel like you are trying to push immersion right that is one of your things whereas Naughty Dog you're pushing narrative and you're pushing tech you know uh, open world stuff for Sucker Munch so on down the line cars for polyphony yes. you know what I mean like you're pushing cars pushing I think cars. for sure that you, David Cage and his team would definitely want to get into somewhere uh, putting you into that experience and having you feel that because they want you to feel so much I'd be excited about that what bothers me is some people really get on uh, David Cage or get on Quantic Dream for being, you know, making games. Emotion is more important than gameplay and stuff. And I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with that per se, but in his games, they are more important. And, and uh, you know, even though Beyond Two Souls was disappointing, and I think to most people it was very disappointing. Heavy Rain, obviously, one of the great games on PS3. I, mm-hmm. I think Detroit looks fucking awesome. Oh, hell yeah. And systemically, the game, again, we're talking a lot about systems today. The, the, on a systems level, the game is way deeper than anything they've ever done from what we can see. I remember walking in when we saw it at E3 behind closed doors. I was really, David Cage played it for us and David uh, uh, Guilherme or, you know what I'm talking about? The second in command over there. What what the hell is that guy's name? I can't remember. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be offensive. Uh, Robert Gonzalez. Robert Gonzalez. Yes, that's close. Not quite French enough. Um, oh wee oui, wee! Oui. Uh, but I, when I saw, it, I was like, "Wow, this is this is really." Because I remember, you know, we said it before when I when when Supermassive made Until Dawn, I'm like, "Quantic Dream might be fucked," you know, like someone out Quantic Dream, yeah, Quantic and they, Dream. they they they're fine, yeah. So yeah. so um, really excited to see Detroit. Excited to see. Hopefully, uh, man, I would like to think that that game's close, but it's not because they wrapped in late 2013, right before PS4 came out on Beyond. They typically, you know, that game actually. That game took four years, I guess. So yeah, you're probably looking at, I think, a fall 2018. Do you think that far out? Huh? Yeah. Well, well, this is remember this is, this is the joke we had during predictions where I was like, I predict either they'll give the release date and it'll be this fall, or it will be 2018. Yeah. Because <laughs> it can go either Very way with them. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see more about them. Number eight, THQ Nordic, previously known as Nordic Games, previously purchased a bunch of old THQ IP in addition to the now defunct publisher's name. Today, the company revealed that it has since purchased a slew of additional IP from Nova Logic in addition to the Nova Logic name itself. The existing IP THQ Nordic acquired are. Delta Force, Comanche, Joint Operations, Armored Fist, Tycon, The Fringe, F-22, and F-16. Great. I, I d- Everything they are doing is bewildering. Bewildering. Why would you... You already had a name for your studio, and then you put THQ in front of it. The studio that went out of business and bankrupt, and is a joke, and is a punchline for everybody. And now you're picking up all these weird, weird, weird fucking IPs. Yeah, like I don't understand. Comanche like, Red well, Faction. Well, that was the joke I was making on Colin and Greg, which was like when they went to Nova Logic and they're like, we want Comanche. Like, please take all these fucking worthless IP and take them away from us as soon as possible. You can have the name of our company too. I don't care. It's, it's, it is weird. As we said, there's got to be something to this because who would possibly let them just. They apparently have like a couple dozen games in development and then they have all these okay. seemingly worthless IP. And I'm sorry, like. Darksiders is about as good as it gets with them and Darksiders people like it. It's good. It's a good series, but like that's it. Red Faction irrelevant today. I you know the, like you were saying Red Faction 1 and 2 were really the last time the game was super relevant. Mm-hmm. And uh I just don't understand what they're doing. Like they they just seem to be go- like I I really feel like this is the publisher most likely to completely fail. Like I I don't think it's even close considering how spread thin they seem to be. And like we were saying they're they're in Austria. There must be something to this. They must be getting government funding, some great tax breaks or something, because I do not understand how they can just grow into this. In this, They have more games in development and more IP kind of percolating right now than probably Ubisoft or EA. I mean, it's that's, be fascinating. that's crazy. I was making jokes on Connery Love, but I don't know how will we ever see the Darksiders 3. You know, I mean, that was the joke. You we were talking about that or whatever. I get they're, they're doing that remastered thing, I know, but okay. Seems suicidal to me. I, I don't. THQ's got bad mojo. Everything they've touched has bad mojo. And if you recall, 
with the exception of a few games, South Park, um, etc., like Homefront didn't turn out very well. A lot of these things that they had their hands on didn't turn out quite as intended. And um, I just don't know why you're doubling down on that name. It is a joke. But maybe it's not a joke to most people because most people have no idea what happened at THQ. In, pra- in fact, if you told some longtime gamer that's in and out every so often, they probably had no idea THQ is gone. So to this, they'd be like, oh, THQ. It's, that, it's the weird thing about them, right, where when you look at what sunk them, it was Udraw, right? Made a, they took this gamble. They thought they knew what they were doing, and it got fucked up because it paid off fine on Wii. But then when they tried to bring it to other consoles, that's what crippled them and sunk them, right? And it's not so much that, oh, my God, look at this. It's, the joke isn't look at this defunct company, this bankrupt company. It's look at this company that always published those 7 and 7.5 games. They were, they were the middle tier. Whenever we talk about, I tell that tired-ass spectrum analogy of indies and AAAs, then the middle tier falling away. I'm talking about THQ, who they did have fucking every license in the world to pump out. And they did, they did, I, they did put out WWE year after year and barely upgrade it, similar to what 2K is doing now, where it's like, this always feels, it's like Madden. It's a little bit different. When I'd love to see someone take time off, a new developer take that, and what do you make into that, and where do you go? But instead, you get these little iterations there. You get things like red faction and it's like there was the one red faction people liked and armageddon was that the one i can't remember if is that a gorilla whatever yeah the gorilla was the last one right yeah i don't remember that but i know i know people were person. it was the same thing where people were like oh this is better than i thought it would be but it wasn't like you have to fucking play this it was like anthony guy was telling us it was really they great did a red faction car game too remember that i think yeah. i reviewed it it was like a downloadable ps3 game yeah I don't know. Whatever. They're I, just I, these. Weird, they're, they exist in this weird middle space that I thought for a while it was going to be Deep Silver was going to be happy to take on. As they well, Deep up. Silver is more than happy to take it they on. They still are. Clearly, I know. Clearly, they are more than happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens with them. I, I think they're clearly not long for this world. But I hope I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. We're There's got to be something more to this. Our degrees in business have lapsed. Right. Indeed. Um, we'll see. Number nine is the wrap up. I expect you to die. A VR exclusive escape game is coming to PlayStation VR at some point in the future. Steins Gate Zero is coming to both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita on November 29th. Adventure game The Little Acre is coming to PlayStation 4 on November uh, 22nd. Old school RPG, which looks really fucking good, by the way, as Divine Hearts. It's coming to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Vita in the near future. Game looks really cool. Go check it out. Side-scrolling Night in the Woods is coming to PS4 on January 10th. Uh, Let's see... No, 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 no. This is not. Let me just edit this real quick. Edit the edit away. Hey, everybody, it's me, Greg. Thanks for watching. P.S. I love you, XOXO. Okay, or I got listening. It. You okay, know that's right. That's enough. Like, subscribe, share, rate. The I Tomorrow guess. Children has converted to free to play. If you're interested in checking it out. Wow. Here, <laughs> oh man, here's a fucking hail mary to save this game that's that been out how many months? That was a fucking stealth release. Just terrible. Zero Escape: The Nonary Games is coming to PlayStation 4 and Vita in the spring of 2017. And finally, Watch Dogs 2 has gone gold in anticipation of its launch on November 15th. So it is ready to go. A lot of Vita games, uh, if you hadn't noted. Yeah. In there. I, the Watch Dogs, we talked about this a little bit today. I'm interested in it. I, I feel like I don't, I will, from what we played, I love the open world. I have no idea how the fucking mission, missions are going to be, right? Because we just ran around fucking around. But that's, that sounds like fun. Running around fucking around in San Francisco with some dirt bikes or whatever cars mm. I steal seems like fun. I'm excited to actually get it and invest hours in it and see how it goes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, that is it for the news, Gregory. Colin, you've been yelling at me that you expect me to die for a long time. But that game's still far, far away, and I assume that's what you're talking about. If I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop digital shops, and sometimes brick and mortar, where would I go? You go to the uh, official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation VR, and sometimes PSB software. 
by the kind of funny co-founders. Mick Bry Bry wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and said, greetings, Greg and Colin. Colin, can I get a what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> All right, now that the ice is broken, here's what I got. On last week's episode... At the end of the new releases, Batman Episode 3 was released and unfortunately not on the list due to being listed as DLC. You still mentioned it, which is great, but alas, it wasn't on the blog list. I know that DLC isn't on the PlayStation blog post and would and would be extra work for you guys and you're already so busy, but is there any way you could make this happen? Dark Souls 3 DLC, Ashes of Ariandel. Is that right? I think I want to actually nail that. Was also released and I would hate for anyone who loved that universe and dipped out to miss out on an extra experience they might be interested in. Is there any way to add DLC to the list, Colin? No. Thank the you for your question. It's too shotgun approach. There is no one place to go for a dump. Not anymore. And that's the, that's because the, they used to do it on the blog yep. post and when it was like way too detailed, but they put it up there. The, what was fascinating about this was the fact that I, I called out Batman last time. We talked about it being DLC, so that's why I wasn't there. And then I went home and played Batman and tweeted out some screenshots and stuff from it, or like trophies. I forget what I was doing. And so many people responded, holy shit, I didn't know this was out. And that is a huge fucking problem for DLC slash games that are coming out in this sure. episodic way. I agree. Uh, the thing with PS I Love You is, is we do as little as work as humanly possible. So... Uh, but beyond that, I, I typically try to just go to the list that they give me because I know it's official and this is like the official conduit. So if it's not important enough for them to put it on there, then yeah, that's their fault, really. No, uh, and, I mean, my point wasn't to make more work. I think my real point is the fact that there is no easy go to. This is the one. This is where you'll get it. This yep, is all the I information agree. boiled down. And so like it's not even so I don't even know how you could feasibly do that run around and figure out what is this because even IGN is going to talk about the Walking Dead episode being out. It's going to talk about this Dark Souls uh, DLC being out, but it's not going to talk about I mean, remember, it used to be and it still is. Here's all these costumes that are released for this game and here are these tracks for a rock band and da da da. Like there is no, to yeah, my knowledge, that. dump yeah, of that, I don't anymore. See that anymore. All right, here we go. Here are the games. Blaze Blue Central Fiction comes to PS4 and PS3 digital and retail. Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue Central Fiction is the newest installment in the storied Blaze Blue franchise and stands alone as the pinnacle of next-gen 2D fighters. Like a well-timed 2D punch, Blaze Blue Central Fiction bashes massive amounts of content and innovation into one slick title that hits hard and keeps the pummeling steady. Bashes massive amounts of content? It's a weird verb. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. It's out on the 4th, so it is a Friday release. Players take up the mantle of Captain Reyes, a pilot-turned-commander who must lead the remaining coalition forces against a relentless enemy. And in multiplayer, master a fluid momentum-based movement system and brand-new combat mechanics for an intense gameplay experience where every second counts. Destroy All Humans comes to PlayStation 4 digital. No. Don't do it. Don't bring that game out. This is your chance to experience the other side of an alien invasion. Take on the role of alien Cryptosporium 137 and terrorize the people of Earth to harvest their DNA in the most brazen action adventure you've ever played. Take over all of humanity using a variety of alien weaponry on, on land or in the air. Take one giant step on mankind. Ah, Earth's Dawn comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. Earth's dawn is looming and the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. Become a member of Anti, A-N-T-I, a squad of superhuman soldiers powered by alien technology and fight to reclaim Earth from the alien invasion known as E-B-E. Poof, man, hate them E-B-E's. Grand Prix Rockin' Racing out on PlayStation 4 Digital. So that comes out on 4th. It is a Friday release. Get ready for some speed with your family and friends. Grand Prix Rockin' Racing gives you the fastest, most exciting races. You can evolve your car, improving the engine, brakes, tires, and more until you've achieved the perfect evolution to win the championship. Ooh, all right. Honor and Duty Arcade Edition comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. 
Fast-paced arcade-style FPS action awaits in this World War II-based shooter. Traditional FPS gameplay is joined with some elements of RTS base building to provide a unique FPS experience. Now, two things about this. Yeah, lay it on me. Honor and Duty is fucking brilliant. That's a brilliant name because it's Medal of Honor and Call of Duty. Second of all, look at that fucking picture. Oh, Jesus fucking God. Holy God. Look at it. Why? Why is this happening? Oh, my Genesis comes to VR, PSVR, digital out on the 4th of the Friday release. Oh, my Genesis is made exclusively for VR. You are the Lord of everything. What's more, as the creator of the universe, you will face bizarre challenges and hostile environments and be tested on your wisdom of conquering these challenges while building civilization. Oh, okay, cool. Ronin comes to PlayStation 4 digital. Ronin is a stylish turn-based action platformer following the exploits of a vengeful heroine determined to strike down five prominent figures of a powerful corporation. Move with precision by meticulously planning out each silent step, soaring leap, and devastating swing of your blade. Why does this one sound familiar? Was this on a GDC stream? Was Maybe. This one of those indie games the art's came? unfortunate, but it sounds pretty cool. You gonna sneeze? No, I'm fighting it. Not gonna do it. Seraph comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Seraph is a super slick, skill-based acrobatic shooter. Take the role of an angel who's mastered the art of gunfu as she battles her way through hordes of twisted demons. Okay. SteamWorld Collection comes to PlayStation 4 Retail. Two action-packed games from the SteamWorld series in one box, available together for the first time. Discover the critically acclaimed titles SteamWorld Dig and SteamWorld Heist, which comes complete with the Outsider DLC. Whoa! Super Dungeon Bros comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. Embark on a quest from the gods of rock with heavy metal heroes Axel, Lars, Freddy, and Ozzy in Super Dungeon Bros, a fast-paced, action-focused, rock-themed dungeon brawler. Play on your own or with up to four friends in couch or online co-op as you raid the deepest dungeons of Rockheim in search of epic loot, hordes of evil undead, and the legends of long-lost, fabled rock stars. It sounds, sounds kind of cool. Yeah. It sounds kind of good. Yeah, I agree. I want to call something out that somehow became a real thing. On GameScoop, I used to make a joke all the time about the fast-paced action genre. And motherfuckers use that all the time now. And they probably were then, but now it's everywhere. I see every time I feel like there's one fast-paced It's like how I still contend that I made up the term bro shooter. Sure. Tumblestone, PS4 retail. Tumblestone is the first original action puzzle game of the past 20 years. Race your friends in multiplayer or challenge yourself in story mode. Solve progressively more difficult and creative puzzles. Help a sausage make friends and find out what happened to the tumble crown. My sausage makes friends all over the place. I'm sure it does. Wick is the final game of the week. Comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Wick is a survival horror game where ghost stories are brought to life. Explore a local legend about the long-lost children in the woods who can still be seen, but only by those who dare to enter alone by candlelight. Okay. And Sounds that is all of the games. Colin! Yes. Time for Topic of the Show. Tots, 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 tots. This one comes from Grammarly, who wrote in thekindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can. He says, hey, Greg and Colin. I recently played through the Battlefield 1 campaign and came away very disappointed. Not from a gameplay perspective, but from a diversity perspective. Every character in the game is essentially white. Nope. Sure, there is an Italian chapter, but outside of the intro slash tutorial, which features a Harlem Hellfighter, the game is absurdly white. Nope. This was surprising to me because the the cover art prominently features an African-American Hellfighter, yet that same character who is on the cover only gets two chapters, which serve as the tutorial. Not only this, but there's hardly any mention of the non-white slash non-Anglo-Saxon participants in the war. Japan, Thailand, India, New Zealand, Portugal, Greece, Russia, French, France, sorry, Belgium, the Ottomans, etc. All played a much bigger role than the Americans in the war, yet they are sorely underrepresented. This, combined with the almost icon- ironic choice of it to have an African-American on the cover, left me with a sour taste in my mouth. Going into this game... I thought the vignette style that had, has received over-the-top laudation would be perfect 
as a conduit through which to highlight the diversity of the individuals and nations that fought for their beliefs. Yet what I got was another predominantly white experience. Do you think that this is because the majority of developers are white or do you think the publishers are afraid of stories with minorities that won't sell? On another note, Mafia 3 went with a black protagonist, but they still couldn't fully commit because Lincoln, Lincoln Clay is mixed race. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Love you guys. Grammarly. Uh, all right. So first, I, I don't necessarily disagree with some of what you're saying. But the final chapter, nothing is written, which is the T. Lawrence chapter. You're playing as a a woman, a, a Bedouin woman. So I have no idea how that was lost on you. you well, know? I'm sorry, what race was it? Uh, Bedouin. So like, a, like I think that's. I'll look it up. No, I, I wasn't like throwing you into the bus. I just didn't hear what you said. Um, so I'm looking at it now. Zara Gufran is a Bedouin rebel working directly alongside British officer T. Lawrence as they fight the Ottomans. So the Ottomans in that particular one were the bad guys, or yeah. the bad guys from their perspective. Um, so I agree with him in the sense that. Um, the Harlem Hellfighter shown on the cover is really nowhere to be seen. It seems like he's somewhat of a generalized narrator in the in the game, mm-hmm. but the uh, I just fundamentally disagree that it didn't show a good portion of what everyone is doing. Now I understand, you know, I, I'm kind of I, I feel this way about World War II, not so much to the extent of World War One. I'm kind of sick of people diminishing our own role in the war. We lost fifty four thousand people in World War One. It's not like we had nothing to do with it. I understand that 15 million plus people were killed in World War One, but we didn't. It's not like we didn't lose anyone. Yeah. So we do have a role in the war, right? And the uh, so it's not like we just like just showed up and didn't do anything. We did lose men. We sent like five million troops to Europe. It's not an insignificant amount of people. So I don't like the whole thing of like, well, the Americans didn't do anything. Well, we did do something. And so it, one of the chapters taking place around an American pilot, which it does, uh, fighting with the British, by the way. So it's not really about the American campaign is fine with me and I, I i just like you were saying the rdd unit which is the italian kind of unit is shown um again the ottomans are shown as bad guys we don't necessarily play as them um i just don't necessarily agree that that th- i completely disagree in the sense that i think they did a really great job with the vignettes of not just focusing on great britain or america because that yeah, would have yeah. been silly if it was all about us obviously world war one doesn't really have anything to do with us we fought late but we did lose men you know um and uh so i i just feel like Battlefield one is getting a lot of praise for its diversity. It's getting a lot of praise for its vignette style and its storytelling. And I think it deserves it. I completely disagree. Um, and again, have him having beaten the campaign. I'm a little surprised, especially by the T Lawrence comment, because you're not playing as T Lawrence, you know, do you're you playing. Th- there's literally scenes where the woman, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, you know who you're playing as like, I, I, oh, that was my going to be a question. If somebody hasn't gotten that far into it. Is it a case of you're in the first person perspective? So you don't, it's not like beating you over the head that, Hey, you are a different race. You are a different gender. This no, you see this. it. Yeah. I mean, pretty clearly. Okay. Yeah. So, I, so that I, I don't know that he necessarily played all the way through the game because he would know that then. But uh, not trying to call him out or whatever. No. But, but you know, I would not. You know, considering and and and, and again, New Zealand, like they they show an Australian campaign. Like, I'm, I know they're not the same country, but like Australia was eh, close enough. World War One was pretty significant because for Australia because that was really the first time that they were fighting as Australians mm-hmm. and New Zealanders. So that is shown. And I, and I thought it was pretty cool. So who do we, we go through that. then? Run me through like what we are seeing in terms of country-wise who we're playing with or who we're, we're so, interacting with. Uh, I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. No, no, I understand. Thank you for... Sh- so Danny time. Edwards is the first character you play as who's a, a Mark... He, he uses a, a, a Mark V tank Black Bass. So British man. The second one you play is Clyde Blackburn who's an American pilot um, with George Rackham who's a British pilot. Mm. And you're, you're playing as the American. But he never even identified. In fact, they have no idea who the fuck this guy even is. Like, he, that's actually one of the more interesting stories. Um, in the third one, you play as Luca Vincenzo Cocolia, 
who is from the Arditi, the Italian. Okay, the Italian one. The fourth one you play in the runner, you play as Frederick Bishop, who's an Australian message runner. Um, And then in the fifth and final vignette, you play as Zara Guffer and a Bedouin rebel. Gotcha. So that seems fucking plenty diverse to me. Yeah, would would it have been cool to see an Ottoman or something like that? Yeah. Um, And maybe we'll see that in some DLC. I don't know if they're going to support it with single-player DLC. I doubt it, but... um, Is this a hang-up strictly on skin color and not, like... Seems country like, alliance I mean, frankly it seems like it yeah um I, I i was disappointed to not play as a harlem hellfighter too simply because that was that would have been really cool but you'll see in the intro sequence he does play a role um because there's the, there's basically a, a i would say and I, i'll reiterate this battlefield one's intro and the way it gets you into the game is some of the most visceral and brutal shit i've ever seen sure uh and uh Almost very saving private Ryan like in a sense. Not quite to that well, extent. The, Nothing that happened in World War One was like Normandy. But we've talked about it before, and not that we'll get super into it, but it's the futility of war, right? Mm-hmm. The fact of all these people I've played it, you're going playing through and you're getting mowed down. You are going to die. You are going to lose this chapter. Exactly. Yeah. So um so I just can't I can't uh, agree. I just wanted your opinion as somebody else who's gone through it. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, um the specific the, like saying like the Bedouins are Arabs. Like I, I don't understand. Like, so I, I don't understand that particular that particular. Like there are there is literally a not white person you play as. Mm-hmm. So again, I I just don't agree. Where do you come down then? What is what he's talking about with uh, Mafia Three? Lincoln Clay being half black, half is it white? Is it where? Yeah, white? he's half okay. half white. Okay, I think maybe half Hispanic. I don't remember. Okay, but he's half black oh, that, for sure. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, in terms of what? What, what was the question? about? Do you think that's a cop out? Do you think that's some kind of move? And you might want to check real quick. Do you mind checking what uh, what he is? Is is it a cop out to uh, you? We're not. We want we want diversity. We're going to make our character black, but he'll be half black, half white or Hispanic. I forget which is going to pop up as. Yeah, he's white and black. Okay. Um, is that a, is that a move? Is that a try to? No, I think that people? it's part of the plot because Lincoln Clay is a um, not that he would necessarily have to be half black, half white for this to work. But Lincoln Clay is is a is a orphan, mm-hmm. not to spoil the game. So, uh, so I I, I just it's like sometimes nothing's good enough for people. Like I found I found Mafia Three for I played Mafia Three for like twenty five hours. I found Mafia. Did you 3, finally give up on that? Yeah. Okay. I found Mafia Three to be <laughs> refreshing in the way that it um, not necessarily portrays black people, but in 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 the fact that. The main character is black. A lot of the ancillary characters are black. You know, that's great progress, I think. Like, um, I find if I wrote Battlefield 1, I would be like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, we have, just because it's not racial diversity, like, do we have to literally show, well, get rid of the Australians because they're white. Uh, put the Ottomans in. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I don't know about that. I think specifically the Ottomans aren't portrayed um in a major way in the game because no one knows who the fuck the Ottomans are. For people that don't know, the Ottoman Empire basically turns into Turkey after World War One. They have like some sort of uprising, I think 1924. The, the war ends in 1918. I think Turkey is established in 1924. The Ottoman Empire disappears when they lose. So um, I think that that's part of it. We can identify as a normal person. Oh, Australia. Oh, America. Oh, Germany. And then having like some Arab... Um, touchstone there for diversity's sake I think is great because the story is fucking interesting and T. Lawrence is interesting yeah so um, I think that that's there's probably something to that too notice that you don't play as anyone on the losing side you know like like I just, like I just you're not playing as a German or an Austrian you're not playing as an Ottoman you know like yeah. we all want to be the heroes the Italians were, we're the, on, good guys. the Italians were on the allied side in World War One they moved to the Axis and World War, well the Axis doesn't exist yet but they moved to the other side in World War Two so like I don't think you're looking at it through an historical lens. Gotcha. You're playing as the allies, not the detente or whatever the fuck they were called. So I think that's what they're called, right? 
You check as I move us in to trophy time. No, that's not right. What? What's not right? World War One signs. Hi, Greg Miller. Peace. I love you. Oh, yeah, the, set, the Central Powers. So notice that you don't play as a German, an Austrian, an Austrian, a Hungarian, a Turkish person, or a Bul- or an Ottoman, or a Bulgarian. Mm. But the the uh, the only vignette that I wish I would have seen, and I think it would have been fucking awesome, is one that took place in Russia, specifically um, the Bolsheviks. See. Russia in World War One is probably the most fascinating country of all of them, except for maybe the Ottomans, because they disappear after having existed for fucking ever um, since the 1400s, Constantinople and all this. Yeah. But um, or Istanbul. It was uh, once Constantinople. But uh, now it's Istanbul. The Russians were sending all their loyal white army troops, as they were called, to the front. And and back home, the Bolsheviks were taking over and it would have been real. And so they took over rather easily and they abdicated, you know, uh, Ale- um, uh, the czar, uh, Nicholas II, abdicated the throne. He was executed, all that kind of stuff with his family. It would have been cool to see that. I think that that, w- that was the one thing where I was like, oh, that would have been really cool to see the Russian side. Um, as either a loyalist hearing things going back home or back in Moscow or in, it's actually really happening in St. Petersburg, mm. um, which was Petrograd, I think, back in the day. Of I have to delve deep for my Russian. Oh, I know. I understand. I understand. But uh, of like watching this shit unfold. Because basically, as the country was at war, it was taken over by the Bolsheviks and became a communist country. So um, that was a missing piece for me. Other than that, I mean, but I can't complain. Okay. I was I will agree that I didn't need to have American inclusion in the game at all. And I, I was suspicious. Like, I like that even though it was included in the Americans, it wasn't really about the American campaign. Um, so that's my input. I mean, it's a long winded, but what do you got for me with trophies? Oh, let's open up the laptop. Trophy town. We're getting into these Call of Duty trophies you're going to talk about, right? Oh, yeah. And there, there are three games I want to go over. What are, what are they? Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Titanfall 2, and Forestry 2017, which we're going to start with. Yeah, Forestry 2017. Forestry 2017, 16 bronze, 2 silver, 0 gold, 0 platinum. What the fuck? Uh, first tree is one of the trophies. Cut your first tree. First worker, hire your first worker. Cut 100 trees is called 100 trees. Gotcha. Earn. So here's the interesting one. And this must be a typo. Because these are garnered straight from the server. Sure. The trophy is called 100K earned. Yeah. The trophy description says earn 10K. So that's interesting. Forestry simulator. Production building, start producing, start hiring, gain access to vehicles, start working from home. Home office is one of the trophies. No platinum. No platinum. Bullshit. Um, so that's forestry 2017. Titanfall 2. Yeah. 40 bronze, 8 silver, 2 gold, and a platinum. Uh, so for as Greg already said, there are only three multiplayer trophies in the game, which is crazy, crazy. I would have thought if you're going to do smart. this, it's smart in the, the here's my it's smart in this way. You're when we talk about our platinums, I, we always say that, you know, as much as Uncharted isn't inventive with it, they have the right idea for multiplayer one. Jump in, try this, j- try this mode. Great. Here are your trophies. If you're going to do it this way, though, for Titanfall, which is still a multiplayer game to me, it was what, why I love Titanfall one, why I'm excited to play more of Titanfall two. Why not do this, but then immediately have day one free DLC that you can then tack trophies on there where you're putting out something that gives me a multiplayer suite of trophies. Right. That, that, that it, it just doesn't make sense to me of like, I'm playing, I'm like, oh, single player is not that much fun. I can't wait to get into multiplayer, but then I get into multiplayer and no, I, I no award him. Yeah. I knock it out. Like, what am I, well, what's, other than regenning and unlocking cool weapons, why would I want to keep going? So the three multiplayer trophies are all bronze. 
Uh, win a multiplayer match, customize a multiplayer loadout, and join a multiplayer network. Those are the three trophies. There is a kind of funny network. If you search kind of funny, I'm in it. I didn't found it. I tweeted out the the image of it. It's the one with like now it'll be more than a thousand people for sure. It was a thousand some odd people when I joined. It's the biggest one. Uh, let's see. I'm reading a tr okay. So uh, the so there are difficulty trophies. You have to beat the game on expert difficulty, which is very hard. And I don't mean that I, I, from a, from my perspective. It's it's there's hard and then there's expert. I think or master or something like that. Um, there are uh, a bunch of trophies for destroying. Titans with certain weapons mm -hmm. or cores, I guess, sword core, salvo core, fight core. Yeah, that's what you're putting into your Titan. Um, and then, uh, so complete the campaign on regular, hard, master. Uh, collect all the BT's loadouts in the campaign. Find all the collectibles, which I think are pilot helmets. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get a bunch of trophies for just, uh, which seem to be not missable for defeating people or acquiring certain. Yeah, there's weapons. a bunch of mid bosses, big bosses that you go through and fight in their Titans. They talk shit to you. And when you beat them, yeah, you pick up that trophy. So that's that. And finally, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare. 37 bronze, 12 silver, 1 gold, and a platinum. Uh, there are... So this game appears to only have one online trophy huh. for winning five online matches. Interesting. Usually they don't have any online trophies. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar what Spaceland is in the game, but there are a lot of trophies attached to that. It says in Spaceland, find all of the quest items and complete the sticker pack in Spaceland or cover the pieces of the soul key in Spaceland, craft a weapon of rock, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. I don't know if that's from online. I don't think it is. Um, there are a ton of trophies. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Oh, so I was wrong. Fuck. So there is a trophy. So there's a bunch of trophy for reading each chapter. And I thought that there was no, for some reason, no veteran level one, but there is mm. uh, complete all single player missions on veteran. Um, so I might not play that actually on the stream after all because that I am so slow in plotting when I play it on veteran man. It's just that's a thing I have to just play. Uh, so maybe I'll f find something else. Um, there's completing different operations, scanning different weapons. Then I got so you're basically so you can scan weapons in the game. There are side missions. So it says complete all jackal only side missions. That's one of the trophies. Okay. Um, and then there are equipment upgrades. There are weapon customization in the um in the game so there seems to be so jackal weapons and upgrades so i guess jackal is a character or some sort of thing where you buy weapons and upgrades and then you can do missions for him you do them for him or with it is it, i thought I jackal might be a, i guess we should look it up i don't know because get not, your oh get your first kill on the most wanted board is another trophy hmm. there's a lot to this game it sounds like which is great and then there are trophies that seem to be a little spoiler so i don't want to get into okay um so that's it for the trophies this week we'll have more um uh, clarity on that soon. By the way, I was looking at Power Picks, which is a good website, has uh, a Titanfall 2 trophy map, uh, roadmap. Because oh, nice. PS, uh, I guess PlayStation Trophies doesn't have it yet. Um, his prediction is a 5 out of 10 trophy difficulty and 10 to 15 hours to platinum. Um, mm, it says the trophy for beating master difficulty is slightly glitched when doing it via mission select, but obtainable. So he can he suggests playing it on expert difficulty from the get go and get the forty six collectibles. So we'll find out how it all. I'm gonna play it this week. Well, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll I'll tune you know tune in next week for more thoughts. Den yours underscore ba e writes in and says, "Hey guys, 
Longtime fan, first time commenter. In the last episode, you guys were wondering if there was another game where you don't need to finish the story to get the platinum trophy. Just wanted to let you know that there's at least one other game I know of, and it's called Trying Two. It only has trophies oh. linked to certain kills and tricks. There are no trophies for progressing through the story. I remember getting the platinum trophy several chapters before the story or before the end of the story. You can find the. That's so weird. Yeah, that's so dumb. Another one was Teslagrad. A lot of people tweeted me about Teslagrad. Teslagrad had it. That was in a there. puzzle game, right? I think it was on Vita. Yeah, no, it was a Vita game. Yeah, it was it was a not yeah, it was a puzzle game. And then they, they put on another game afterwards that I thought was even mm. Final Fantasy 15. No, I forget what they did. They did another game afterward Tesla Grad. They also came to Vita and they were Lords and Saviors of the Vita. That was from Tom. And it's time for me to tell you that Trophy Time was brought to you by Blue Apron. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Greg Miller, and I'm fat, and I've used Blue Apron. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. The idea here is simple, ladies and gentlemen. You sign up for Blue Apron. They send you food, but they send it all prepackaged, so then you get it. You get this cool instruction manual. You look at it step by step, and you make it. You tear open little individual things, the sesame seeds, if that's what it calls for. You put it in there. They'll send you the, the veggies, the fresh meats, everything else you need. You chop it up do it exactly how they say to do it then you cook it and it looks really impressive and you you tell your friends i made all this and your friends go but you can't cook and you go with blue apron i can uh blue apron has a bunch of stuff coming this month would you like to know about it colin yes crispy chicken milanis how do you say it Milanese, it's milan milanese 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 with warm brussels sprouts celery and potato salad thai Green curry chicken and squash with yuck choy, not buck choy. Yuck choy. Yuck choy. It's older brother. Jasmine rice and cashews. <laughs> Roasted pork steamed buns with black garlic mayonnaise. Nice. And spicy cabbage slaw and some seared salmon. Um, for less than $10 per meal, Blue Aprons delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked moves. Mo- uh, not meals. Me- not moves. Meals. You're really fucking that one up. This one, I don't like it when they give me this stuff where it's just bullet points. I just get to fill it all in. I mean, I already told you like a thousand times I've used Blue Apron. They gave me buffalo chicken sandwiches. They were delicious. What do you got to lose? Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash I love you. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash I love you. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And that Colin, you got through it. I mean, yeah, it's okay. You know what I mean? I wouldn't do any better. No. Uh, usually we have this thing called Dear Shuhei, mm-hmm. where people write in with things they need Shuhei to fix or whatever. Something's wrong with the PlayStation Network. They're going to tell you. D's underscore nuts writes in with a different one. He says, hey, Greg and Colin. What are you doing? He said, D's nuts said to hold your elbow until you say hello. Hello. I would have said it immediately before you touched my elbow. You didn't say it immediately because you would have said it before I leaned my fat ass over. But if I knew you were going to touch me. (laughs) This week, I'd like to give a simple shout out to PlayStation support. Earlier this week, my Yahoo account was hacked and someone got into my PSN account and changed my password. I called the PlayStation support and they were able to get my account back and help me change my password so it wouldn't happen again. All was fine and dandy. And... I was back on my Vita enjoying the sale of the dead. Yesterday, however, I logged on only to find my account had been banned. There was no explanation given at all. So I feared the worst and thought that somehow my account had been hacked again and everything was going to hell. Uh, He then tells his story that doesn't matter. Uh, When I got a hold 
of Sony, and they explained that the account had been banned because it had recently been compromised. And so when they saw me purchasing stuff, it triggered the security system. They happily gave me my account back, and all is well. Sorry for the long story. Just wanted to give a shout-out to the guys over at PlayStation Support. They're super helpful, and I'm not sure they get the praise they deserve for helping to keep the PSN community strong. Yeah, and I heard much positive about it working with them, so that's good to hear yeah, some there was a, there was uh, on top of the thing, there was a couple other people bitching about PlayStation support this week, but I thought we'd give that out there. I mean, it's probably an unwinnable scenario that they're in all the time. You're never so. going to make everybody happy. You know what I mean? It's just impossible. <laughs> By the sound of it, it doesn't sound like they make anyone happy, so it's it's good that they... He's not as happy. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure that there are a lot of positive stories. Everyone's just talking about the negative all the time. Colin, let's check in with the readers. Hello, readers. First question comes by way of kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where you can get your question... Submitted and read on the air. Automatic writes in and says, Last week, Greg spoke about a child, Gibson, who took up, quote-unquote, the hockey. Colin, you quickly shut him down for not playing on a travel team at seven. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. It's time he hangs them up. If you aren't going pro at seven, (laughs) and trust me, you'll know at that age, it's time to look at... (laughs) Another hobby. Hockey is too expensive and too much of a time commitment to spend playing recreationally. I'm from New England. I did the whole tour from four years old to prep school to living out of motels in Maine and then to college to chase the hockey dream. (laughs) When I finally came back home and graduated college, a 25-year-old veteran to life, my 10-year-old sister wanted to follow in my footsteps and start playing hockey. I shut that shit down like the great PSN outage of 2011. Rip SOCOM floor and zipper. I told her she was way past her prime and too old to start. That oh, yeah, 10 year olds way too late. Way that, too late that being said, Greg Way, is there a game or genre either of you romanticize over, but you can't, you feel like you just can't cut it for whatever reason? For me, it's Street Fighter. <laughs> I bought Street Fighter 4, Super Street Fighter 4, Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition, and Ultra Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 5. And two fighting sticks. Yes, one of them is in the San Francisco pink Hello Kitty cross Street Fighter variant. I've spent hours and hours training only to go online and get cr- get crushed, just like Gibson might. It's time I stop bleeding and just give up on fighting games, as Gibson should. Somewhere atop a Capcom high rise, Ono Sun is drumming his fingers over the thesaurus looking for new editions of Street Fighter V because he knows he got me a clone sinker. That or he's working on Deep Down. Please feel free to shorten this son of a bitch down to bite size. Please don't change the main message. Gibson, give up on the hockey. It's too late for you. I know I'm spitting. It was too good not to. We've answered that question so many times. I just love that it's all about Gibson, the seven-year-old in Columbia, Missouri, who's too old to start hockey, according to Colin Moriarty. Stop playing travel hockey at seven. Oh, my God. I do agree that if you're starting to play hockey at 10 years old, it's too late. That's true. For recreation hockey. If you can't skate by the time you're five, don't even bother. You get crushed. Great job, Automatic. <laughs> I don't think your question was serious, and we've talked about it before. But is there one you romanticize a game or a genre? No, I'm good at everything. Okay. Puzzle games, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at Portal, and I'm like, that would be fun if I had... I wish I could be awesome at music games back in the day. Now I couldn't give a shit. But like, I wish I could have just jumped into Guitar Hero and been sure. on Expert or something. Instead, I always played bass or sang. Now, granted, I'm awesome at singing, but that's beside the point for right now. Oh, Colin, would you like to talk about game development? Advertising within game console games or single pl- single player DLC for Uncharted game development. The big spoon says hi, Colin and Greg. First off, you guys are awesome. 
So I recently made a career change into game development. Yay! I know you guys are friends with a ton of devs and have just generally seen things that have gone on over the years. I just wanted to know if you have any advice for people new to the industry like me. Love, Greg. No, not you. A different Greg. I mean, I don't presume to have any information for you. It's one of those we always talk about, that we are around devs a lot. Do we know anything about what really happens on their side of the aisle? No, we don't. Not on the technical level, no. Um, the advice I would give you is superficial, but I think one of the really... I forget who it was on an up and noon who talked about it, but maybe it was just an interview somewhere else, was the fact that you're going to work on bad games when you start, games you don't care about, games that, or not that you don't care about, but you don't have a vested interest in, and you know aren't well. It's about doing your part of the game as well as you possibly can because there's so many games. I, and I, man, I wish I could remember who this was, it was an interview with, but he was talking about how he was on PS2, like Door of the Explorer, all that kind of crap that the games nobody cared about, but he was able to put together his demo reel and be like, well, I animated this or I worked on this, uh, rent, you know, the background here. And you can see that like, sure, the game's shit, but this part of it's awesome. You can see that I put the time and care and love into this. Um, we just put up, a, yeah, even by the time you hear this, the exclusive episode of of the kind of funny games cast for October went up Sunday. Uh, you can ha- hop over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. It's a plug. Sorry. And if you give a dollar or more, you have access to the bonus episode, which is with rich Briggs, who is in charge of the tomb Raider franchise over there. Uh, he talks about his entire rise and career in video games and how he didn't even really start that way, but made the jump over. And then the different, not strokes of luck, but the educated decisions that get you nudged along that path to where you need to be. But it's about being prideful of your work. It's about making connections. It is about long hours. I, you know, not even getting crunch out of it. It's one of those things where passion respects passion. Uh, so for you to go there and work on whatever you are, if you see someone working on something cool, you want to talk to them about it, ask to shadow them, ask to sit around, you know, ask somebody to look at your stuff, things, those things. That's that's totally reasonable. Thank you very much. Uh, now we're going to talk about Uncharted 4 DLC. Okay. Okay. Got two for you. Let me see here. I'm gonna, hold on. I'm going to look. I'm going to read them back to back. So you just lean on back there. I want you to drink some of that smart water. We're going to start with D-Ruix87, who wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Hey, you can. It says, hey, guys, it's been a while since Naughty Dog gave any updates on the single player DLC for Uncharted 4. Do you think that we'll get an update sometime soon or do you think we should be concerned? Thanks for all you do, Devin in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, later in the same thread, at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, Ezlo86 writes in and says, Hello, Greg and Colin. Apparently, there's a rumor that the Uncharted 4 single-player DLC will be revealed at PlayStation Experience in December. Troy Baker has stated in an interview at MCM Comic Con in London that it is, quote, by far the biggest story DLC Naughty Dog has ever done, end quote, and that he expects it to be revealed formally, quote unquote, very soon. My question is, what would you want to see of the new content? Drake and Sully shenanigans, maybe somebody in the future, or just Drake and Elena in some unspecific time between Uncharted 3 and 4. Keep up the good work. Ezla. It can't be what you're referring to vaguely because it would ruin the game. Yeah. Right? So How do you advertise that right. and put that out there and all that stuff? So, and not to mention... You want to leave that. That's a nice note to leave on. That's I don't not, want to leave it. I think you leave it. I mean, for, for now, the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do, for, let's go. Cool have PSX makes the most sense. Yeah, PSX absolutely. is a fucking brilliant idea that I do think is going to happen. Will it be revealed at 
PSX or will there be a trailer at the Game Awards and then we get a demo at PSX? That might happen as well. Remember, Game Awards are Thursday, then Saturday is going to be the PlayStation press conference. There's That's how traditionally a big thing would happen. But I definitely see something happening in December to talk about this. I would love to see something. So I would love to see Elena or Sully as playable characters, but uh, because this, we're leaving Drake, it, you can't really do that. This is it. So um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I want, to be honest. I have no idea. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I think it is that the game, the disc is on is Nate's story and everything else there. I think getting some fill in the gap with Elena and I don't know her. Uh, you're gonna have to give, pair her up. Maybe it is Chloe. Maybe she's having a conversation, not a conversation, but you're doing something that is fleshing out her character. So maybe her actions and motivations in the game make even more sense. Not that they didn't to begin with, but I don't know if it's as, as cliche as playing up to her meeting up with Drake in the game and then whenever they mm-hmm. become apart or if it's, it is something between two and three, here's this fill in or three and four or whatever you want to be. We'll see. We'll find yeah. out. We will see. Hopefully at PSX. That's a great, I would have never thought about PSX, so that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting if it opens or closes. I imagine it opens. Open with that and then close with some unexpected thing. Hideo Kojima comes out again. He's like, guess what? Here's more of the logo animated. I just wanted to let you know that we're still working, still working on, on it. Here's my friend. Concept. Here's my friend Norman Reedus. He's got no belly button in real life or the game. <sighs> you know. You going to call it? No, I, I want to see if anything is going to speak. To, here we go. This this one will speak to me. Rob from Burbank wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Dear Colin, Greg, and I lovers like me. I like that. I lovers. This fall, there's only been one game that has stood out since its, announce, uh, since its announcement that I am absolutely ecstatic to finally get my hands on. Dishonored 2. The original Dishonored was absolutely fantastic. In my eyes, it's the closest game we've gotten in terms of atmosphere, story, and gameplay to the original Bioshock. Yet I am boggled as to why this game gets almost no mention by you guys for the games coming out this fall. I am even more boggled for why the original Dishonored doesn't seem to get any love from you guys, especially Colin. What's your opinion on the original Dishonored, and do you think the sequel will live up to the original? Personally, I think it looks like the game to beat this year. I see no reason to assume otherwise with Bethesda's track record, the trailers, and the fact that Arcane seems to put nothing but love into this game. Also, the fact that Bethesda is putting prey in the studio's hands seems another reason to expect greatness from this developer. Thank you for your time, friends. Pray Shuhei, Rob from Burbank. Well, well, why didn't Dishonored work for you? Uh, it just came out at a weird time. I actually really liked it. Really? Uh, but uh, I played it very briefly. I'm like, this. first of all, I was like, I remember playing and being like, this is like Bioshock. Now, whether or not that that's true or not, that that speaks to me because I fucking love Bioshock. Yeah. So uh, I I think it was just the graphical style, like kind of the, the not the ambient, maybe the ambience. I mean, it's a different setting, but uh, I just, I mean, I moved on. What I remember about this game is that Mitch Dyer fucking loved it. That's what I remember about it the most. And so I don't speak to Dishonored 2 because I don't, have any familiarity really except for the hour or so I played it yeah. originally Dishonored. It was a game that I always wanted to get back to. I just never did and I suspect that maybe because we're taking two weeks off at the end of the year that I maybe maybe if I get through some stuff maybe I'll just pop in Dishonored and Dishonored 2 and fuck around with them but um, you know it remains to be seen. It's just that we can't play everything so we talk about the games that you know that we exactly uh, that I, we know. When I played Dishonored it was a similar thing to what you're talking about. I think it was running it was the run up to game of the year and okay everybody likes this game a lot. Let's pump it in and I pumped it and it just didn't click for me. There was just nothing about it where I was like fuck this is awesome like the whole heart thing the world none of it was just 
interesting to me. It was all like, oh, okay, cool, but these aren't mechanics I care about that I want to invest hours and hours and hours into. And I know that people loved it, but I know that it just wasn't what I wanted in that moment. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's definitely AAA. It's definitely a game people are excited about. I'll be interested to see how many people care about it because what I've noticed is not that we're not talking about it. I noticed that almost no one's talking about it. So so that doesn't bode very well for them. Yeah. Um, but it could be I'm just not looking in the right places. But I don't see... I mean, I look at the gaming websites every day for Conor Greg Live, and I don't see Dishonored 2 Chatter at all. Mm. And mm-hmm. I haven't seen any since... Uh, or not much since uh, the E3 presentation, which people thought was like way too fucking long. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with that one. Ross Beck wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey guys, I am loving my PSVR, but I have one issue. I have a media rack that is approximately 20 feet away from my home theater TV. Sony, for whatever reason, decided to make the PS4 cameras cable only six feet long with a proprietary mm. connection. Yes, extension cables do exist, $20 or so at most retailers, but those are only six feet long and you can't use more than one without signal loss. My question is, do you think we'll ever see a powered slash longer solution for the issue? I can't be the only one out there with this problem. And to turn this into a broader question, have you ever felt the need for an accessory that was never made? Cheers, Ross in Iowa. Uh, that's an excessive amount of distance from your for And that's the thing where I know I don't think you're going to see like a PS4 camera pro release or one with a longer cable. If, the ex- if like you have to daisy chain these extension cables together, yeah, that's a lot of trouble. Not to mention... I'm that thinking, sucks, but that is, I've never heard of that. I mean, 20 feet is... 20 feet away from your thing. You got... I mean, you're 12 feet away with the extension cable. You can't use more than one extension cable. Why don't you just... That's an eight-foot difference between you and the camera. That seems normal. That seems like a normal difference would be, right? He's saying the PS4 and the camera are 20 feet away, not him from the camera. Oh, I thought he he was trying to keep it up at his TV. No, no. He's saying that for some reason, the PS4 that connects to his 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 screen is 20 feet away from the screen, like the PS4 and the... My so my solution is this. It's not ideal, but if you really want to use a camera, use PSVR. Buy really long power and HDMI yeah, cables. That's and put your PS4 um, next to. It sounds like you have like a projector or something like that. So so um, that's probably going to be your only solution. Yeah, the the way I would do it is buy one giant HDMI cable, then and co- coil it behind your TV when you're not playing it because you already have a million fucking goddamn cables out for this thing. And then yeah, uncoil it, drag it out, put your PS. Your PlayStation there, plug it in. You just do the normal power cable, probably to hopefully a wall outlet around you or to an extension cord that goes there. Play with it and put it all back to how it was. Seems uh, reasonable enough. So there you go, Ross Beck. Suck it up. Have I ever felt the need for an accessory that was never made? Yeah, I want the PS4 Pro or the not Pro, the PS4 uh, Elite controller. Oh. Like a real one, well, not, yeah, like, not a third party one. Did you see that third party one? I skipped a question about so it. Fucking so many people. So I like the guy who hit me, hit us up, and was like, "Colin was right," and, and I'm like, this is a, "They've licensed the PlayStation Four controller Which for these like they don't care similar elite controllers, but these things are ugly as all yeah. fucking why, get out." Why can't Sony just make their own? Yeah, I know, right? Like, come Weird. on. I know that it makes you look bad because you're following up your competitor, but it's not like your competitor hasn't changed anything to follow you up. It's just the way the ecosystem goes. Yeah, no, I was like, whew, that is not a good-looking controller whatsoever. Uh, Final question comes from Othman underscore FTB. He says, bonjour, Greg and Colin. Bonjour. You were up in Quebec. You probably wanted to fucking kill yourself here and all that shit after a few days, huh? No. (laughs) <laughs> what is what what is the big deal about skyrim i played it had a good time and moved on that was 2011 and this is 2016 i would prefer a new experience over better graphics on something that i poured 100 hours into so what now i start the game over i don't think so bethesda thanks offman underscore ftb i mean i i agree with one sentiment of this which is i don't know what the big deal about skyrim is i think it's a great game but like the way it's revered 
is a little over the top. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's that's the way I feel about it. There are the Witcher. I get when you put the Witcher next to Skyrim. It's sure pretty much evident. Um, but I, so I think Skyrim's a great game. But like the 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 reverence for this I game think, is I think it's like a place over in time. the top. I think it's a place in time thing where that was a game everybody looked to and like, oh my God, this is going to be awesome because they already loved the Elder Scrolls, obviously. And then they got their hands on it and it did deliver and it was awesome and it was amazing. And there are so many stories of people who put in 100, 200, 300 hours into it and played it nonstop. And I think there is something fascinating about it of, all right, cool, I'm going to make a new character and I'm going to go through and I'm going to do different things and not see and the I'm same stuff. Fuck. I'm going to fuck some fucking Maybe dragons. I'll play that. Maybe I'll play that at uh, the, the stream. Yeah. Skyrim special edition. Sure. It's only 19 gigs. Quaint days were in know, back right? then, huh? Yeah, yeah. This battlefield's like fucking 55 gigs. I'm like, Jesus Christ. How is this game so big? Colin, are you ready to meet your new best friend? Yes. This is P.S. I love this best friend XOXO. This is where one of you goes to kindoffunny.com slash forums, goes to the P.S. I love you XOXO board and submits your PSN name. Then the rest of the best friends send you messages of support and love or friend you and play games with you. This one comes from Lua54. Hi, guys. I've been watching since the Metal Gear Solid 5 days. So last year. (laughs) Okay. And I have not made any PSN friends in years. Frowny emoticon. I live in Los Angeles and just got into college. I'm looking for new friends to play Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 with, along with Battlefield 1. I need help with online parallel quests. My PSN is Lua54. That's L-E-W-A-5-4. Then in parentheses, I used to be a huge Bionicle fan. You know what a Bionicle is? It's Legos, isn't it? Is it? All right. I thought thought so. Thank you, guys. I'll look it up. Okay. Everyone, hit up Lua54. 54 L E W A 54 and say, Hey, I want to play with you. And I know what Bionicle is because I'm also just entering college. But the old people don't know what it is. And frankly, they don't give a fuck. Bionicle. Bionicle is a line of construction toys created by the Lego group, marketed primarily for five to 16 year olds. Wide breath. P.S. I love this best friend XOXO was brought to you by dollarshaveclub.com. Guys, you don't need to choose between price and quality to get an amazing and affordable shave. Dollarshaveclub.com is the answer. To prove how amazing their shave really is right now, they are going to give you the first month free if you join the club. Dollarshaveclub.com delivers amazing razors right to Tim Gettys' door for a third of the price of what the greedy razor corporations charge. Colin and I have been trying to overthrow greedy razor corporations for years now, and it looks like dollarshaveclub.com is at the forefront of this industry. Seriously, though, Tim has no reason to deal with drugstore hassles ever again. They ship him right to his door. He gets all these razors. He's super excited. You can be like him. Just go to dollarshaveclub.com and pick the razor that works for you from their lineup of amazing blades. Tim tells me he uses the executive bl- the executive blade and Dr. Carver's shave butter. The, bl- and, ugh, the blade just glides gently for the smoothest shave ever. I hate envisioning Tim getting smooth skin and using sha- this butter on it. So, so we got uh, a package at home, just yeah. like a sample of this stuff, and I've been using some of those creams. Yeah. And they're legit. You know, I, I don't shave my face, but they work. Here's your chance to see why over 3 million members like Tim love Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> DollarShaveClub.com is so confident in the quality of all their products. Now, 
You can get your first month of the club free. Just pay shipping. After that, it's a few bucks a month. No long-term commitment. No hidden fees. There's no reason not to do it. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash love. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash love. Colin, are you ready for this week's Forgotten PlayStation game? Yes. This is where you guys hit us up with a game nobody talks about enough from the PlayStation. Is it? You know what game I was, I was thinking about before? My sister can't possibly be this cute. Remember that PSP, that awkward ass PSP game that came out we used no. to make fun of? Hold on, I, I don't it. remember making fun of this at all. Um, podcast, like a game I mean, it, was a long, it was a long time ago. It was podcast be honest. PSP game. Yeah. Uh, read it and then I'll find it for you. Daniel, the awesome, says, I have a nomination for this week's forgotten PlayStation game, Dark Void. And I'll stop you there, Daniel. You can get fucked. Dark Void does not belong in the conversation for the forgotten PlayStation game of the week. Are you fucking kidding me? I reviewed that game. It is garbage. It is a garbage game, Daniel. I do. I. No, 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 Daniel. He's doing this whole thing of like it had interesting ideas, so we should cut it some slack. It was bad. It was a bad game. It was bad, Daniel. And you are bad. bad. You are a bad man for submitting it. Bad. That's a bad Daniel. If you're, bad. If you're in your car, pull over. And think about what you've done. Bad. If you're too young to drive, go to your room. Bad. Oremo, short for Ora Noamoto Gakona Nikawai Waki Ginai. Of course. Which is My Little Sister Can't Be This Cute. Also known as Ore Noamoto, is a Japanese light novel series. Uh, and then the video game was a PlayStation Portable visual novel titled Ore Noamoto Gokana Nikawai Waki Gini Portable was published by Bandai Namco Games and released on January 27, 2011. So that is the game I was talking about. My little sister can't possibly can't be this cute portable. Is it like perfect? Is it like I I would fucking assume so, Greg. Maybe it's just like maybe but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just like, oh, my little sister and maybe she's like really small. 3.7 million copies of the manga or I guess the light novel have been sold in Japan. Yeah. Again, but maybe it's just a story about a really cute kid and he's he's entering her in pageants and stuff. Here's the plot. Oh, here we go. Kiyosuke Kosaka, a normal 17-year-old high school student living in Chiba, has not gotten along with his young sister, Kirino, in years. For longer than he can remember, Kirino has ignored his comings and goings and looked at him with spurning eyes. It seemed as if the relationship... I don't like the way this is going. It seemed as if the relationship between Kiyosuke and his sister, now 14, would continue this way forever. One day, however, Kiyosuke finds a DVD case of a magical girl anime which has fallen had fallen in his house's entranceway. To Kiyosuke's surprise, he finds a hidden eroge... What is that? I got. I'm afraid of even looking at what that means. Dumpling. Pornographic video game. Fuck. Irige inside the case, and he soon learns that both the DVD and the game belong to Kirino. That night, Kirino brings Kiyosuke to her room and reveals herself to be an otaku with an extensive collection of moe anime and younger sister-themed eroge she had been collecting in secret. Kiyosuke quickly becomes Kirino's confidant for his for her secret hobby. The series then follows Kiyosuke's efforts to help her, her, his sister to reconcile her personal life with her secret hobbies while restoring their broken relationship and coming to terms with their true feelings for each other. Jesus. God almighty. What the 3.7 million copies? <laughs> we didn't know that it was built into that. We thought at first it was just a friendly. I can't believe they ported that game. Did they get it on? That game definitely came out here. Oh. Kirino appears as a playable character in Dengenki Bunko fighting Climax. And Kuroneko is a supporting character in it. (sighs) 
time for PSN's worst name of the week. This is where you go to kindoffunny.com slash forum. Submit your bad PSN name, not one you saw in the store behind it. This one comes from Steve. <laughs> hey, guys. Dave Chappelle was and still is my favorite comedian. He had the funniest show on TV. While I was in college and my friends and I would quote him every chance we had. One show he did a bit about how white people didn't know what skeet meant in a Little John song. He kept screaming, ah, skeet, 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 and we would lose it. We quoted it so much that we started rhyming anything we could with skeet. High heat, Wall Street, snow and sleet on my feet, skeet, skeet, skeet. Turns out I got my PS3 around that time. My PSN ID is skeet on my feet. (laughs) Apparently, PlayStation doesn't know what skeet is either. Please, shoo. A 32-year-old man doesn't want to be skeet on my feet. Thanks, Steve. Fair enough. Please, shoo, hey. Let him change it up. P.S. Oh, Steve has a P.S. I didn't read. P.S. I set up a new email account just to change my ID years ago, but I checked. Skeet on my feet is still active. <laughs> he can't get away from Skeet on my feet. Please, Shuhei. At PSX 2016. Let him change his name. It's time. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 59. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Remember... This is a product of kindoffunny.com, so go there, subscribe to the two YouTube channels, back the other podcast, go on Patreon, enjoy everything, tweet at Kevin, hey Kevin, I see you over there, big dog, and then woof, 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 all one word, three woofs. Uh, remember that Extra Life is this weekend, kindoffunny.com slash Extra Life has all the details, come watch us stream games for 24 hours for a good cause, if you have the means, donate, if you don't have the means but have the time, go ahead and join the team. Stream on your own, play games, raise money for sick kids, help everybody. Also remember, PSX is happening. Those big, beautiful kids. PSX is happening December 4th. It's a Sunday. We have a panel at noon at PSX, a live PS I Love You XOXO. Go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and submit who I should ask to be on the panel. We always have guests. We've had the Shuhei on there. No guests. The Gio Corsi, the Ryan Clements. No guests. The Sid Schumann. No guests. Just mean you. They get that for free here, though. I mean, I know that's a good point. Put their butts in the seats. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll be there. Do you want to see Nolan North? You're gonna invite Nolan North? You want to? I'm just I'm putting things out there. The world's your oyster. What PlayStation kind of person do you want to see at this panel? Will they say yes? Probably not, but I'll try. You want to see Ellen Page? Based on the pictures people circulate of her doing press or beyond two souls, like she couldn't get out of the gaming industry quick enough. Or so she was next to me and I, she's, she's like at my belt buckle because she's tiny. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song in a segment we call Singing a Shoe Hey. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers submits a song. I need an MP3 and a YouTube link to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. I go through and put your MP3 at the end of our MP3. I annotate to your YouTube video at the end of our YouTube video, and everybody gets to see how amazing our fans are. I'll read you this one because he mentions his name in it, and I hate saying the name and then reading the name right away. You know what I mean? Hi, Greg and Colin. My name's Eric. I'm 19 19 years old, and I play guitar in a pop-punk band called Answers and Echoes from Orange, Connecticut, with my three best friends. We recently put out an album called Another year like this. So here's a song off of it called No More Wasting Time. For us, it chronicles a lot of our feelings surrounding our four years in high school and our first year in college. Friendship, love, heartbreak, nostalgia, and uncertainty for the future are all important themes here. And dank Yarnum Nugs. And dank Yarnum Nugs in Connecticut. I've got a... Mo- it's, I'm sorry. It's got a modern punk... It's got a modern pop punk feel to it. Not unlike that of a band like A Day to Remember. We're all over iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, or just about anywhere else people listen to music, so people out there should have no problem finding us. Again, 
The band is called Answers and Echoes. This is No More Wasting Time. And until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Decision